Now entering Nerdist.com. You made it weird. You made it weird. You made it weird. Oh, yeah. You made it weird. You made it weird. Yes, you did. You made it weird. Oh, yeah. You made it weird with Pete Holmes. Hey, weirdos, what's happening? So uh, if, if you're listening to this the day it comes out, that means there's only a week and a half left of tapings uh, for the Pete Holmes show uh, for this incarnation. So please come on out. The tickets are free, and the audiences with weirdos have just been the best audiences uh, imaginable. Uh, go to PeteHolmes.com slash tickets. And if you're not in the L.A. area or if you don't like live shows, uh, go to uh, TBS every night, midnight, Monday through Thursday after Conan. And please watch the Pete Holmes show, uh, and I sincerely hope you enjoy Enjoy it. This is a great episode. It's Casey Wilson, and she is also promoting a movie that is now out. Uh, when we recorded this uh, podcast, it wasn't out yet. But go watch Ass Backwards. It's so good. June Diane Raphael, her, Casey, wonderful movie. Go check it out now. It's in select theaters, and I believe it's also available on iTunes. So go support Casey, the wonderful guest for this episode. The official sponsor of this ad is uh, HostGator. HostGator is the one-stop website shop. Makes it simple for you to get your professional website online quick and plans start at just $3.47 a month. That's $3.47. Let's face it, getting a good .com is hard to do, but a good .net domain powered by VeriSign on the other hand still has tons of awesome names. So you have your domain, now it's time to build your website. Use HostGator's drag and drop builder or, or WordPress. No need to code, HostGator makes it easy. Get your site up and running with just a few clicks. Head over to HostGator.com, buy some hosting, get some .nets, and use the coupon code WEIRD30 to get an extra 30% off and support this show. That's it, everybody. I hope you enjoy this episode. It was a lot of fun to do. Now let's get into it. I hope you enjoy. It's wonderful. Oh, yeah, somebody made a notebook for the show. Someone named Nick made a notebook for this. It's so nice to see well, you. Nice I was telling. You. Thank you for having us and also letting us both come. Come on, you're different people. Uh, are we? I put June in my phone as June Shear because I didn't know her last name. Yeah, she likes that sometimes. No, she doesn't, does she? She does some like personally. She'll make that as her reservation name. Uh, I think she'll think it's like a sweet. You know. Can I say that when you go on a date with a fella or a lady, in my yeah. case? Isn't there something kind of fun and intimate when you make the reservation and it's under your name? Isn't there like a little bit of an undertone of like, oh, this is yeah. what it would be like if we were married? We, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, especially if the girl goes up, it's like, it's under Holmes. Like, <laughs> yeah, ah, trying it out. One day. Give it a little dry. <laughs> Give it a little something. Give it a spin. Mm-hmm. Kombucha. Mm-hmm. Good for you. I got my own alcohol. It's Are you? Alcohol. I know there is a smidge of alcohol. I, so just to, um, no, I, I'm a little sick or otherwise. I, this is so up my alley. I really love that stuff. Okay. Are you into weirdness? Yeah. I'm into weirdness. Super into Did it. you know that? about me no. we talked briefly about the movie and um about life of pi which i hadn't seen but everyone else has that's so crazy because i'm having an existential crisis today <laughs> god what's happening? that's no it's fine I, I've, I like honestly i'm having a good day you know how i know i woke up and i was like i'm gonna wash my car that to me is like that's yeah. an indication an external indication because what does that mean you're a forward person you're yeah, up and at them you're up and at them and I really think that's one of the keys to life it is some sort of something oh, to put. You. Are in the... we started? Oh yeah. Oh, we're in. So I wouldn't be dropping. Pearls and I wouldn't like... be this friendly. <laughs> <laughs> You're a friendly gal. I am a 
a friendly gown. Washing the car means like there's some like if your apartment is a real shit sty yeah. or whatever, or there's just shit piling up. I recently got rid of a lot of clothes. Have you ever like done an overhaul? Yeah, Doesn't that's that feel good. Nice? Did you give them to Goodwill? I did. Yeah, that's good. Which is embarrassing because some of them were like promo shirts for my special and stuff. So if you go to Goodwill, there's a section of my shirt. <laughs> but at least you brought them there, not other people. That's true. That were like, you know what? I don't need. Yeah, yeah, this yeah, shirt. yeah. <laughs> an embarrassing moment for everybody. What? What is your existential crisis? Oh come on. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I sometimes. Uh, do you ever get this way? I just, I just wake up and I'm just kind of like, I don't know what it was that I was dreaming about or what was I mulling over in my yeah. sleep. But you wake up and, and sometimes it's not the worst feeling. You're Irish. I am. You're a real Irish piece of shit, right? I'm an Italian Irish. Ooh, even better. Yeah. Do they get Italians? It's not so much existential as just anger and rage and oh, sadness and yeah. roller coaster. But you got so, you got a good blend then. I'm also a Scorpio on top of it. I wish I knew what I was. It just means that I'm what's your, emotional. What's your moon? I don't know. See, I learned this from June Sheer. So she told you. <laughs> June yeah. Sheer told I gotta you go to your that? girl. You gotta go to Heidi Rose Robbins. Everyone. That's her name. <laughs> yeah, June Heidi Rose Robbins. I'll look, offer it. look, Nick, who made this notebook. You know, other people have made notebooks, and I feel bad. Katie put this notebook out. That's why Nick's is getting used. So I want to thank. Yes, that's true. A lovely girl made one. I forget her name. Shit, she listens to was the show. Was it June Shear? It was June Shear. Thank you. You're God, I love improvisers all day. <laughs> it's just a life All philosophy. damn day. All day I love them. Mm-hmm. I really do. I'm going to write down that name. What Will you tell me it again? June Shear? Nope. Heidi Rose Robinson. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Heidi. She's an amazing astrologer. Heidi, Heidi Jones. Rose. Heidi Jones? Heidi Rose. R-O-S-E. <laughs> Heidi Jones Robbins. Robbins. Yeah. I because I was like I, I'm into that. How much do you believe in what we're what we're doing? These silly things, our kombuchas and our astrologies and stuff. And how much do you think we're just shoveling dirt into? I think it's fifty percent shoveling. Yeah. Yeah, but fifty percent I have given over to the LA lifestyle and oh, is kind that right? of yeah become more spiritual. I mean, every single thing that you would. Just when you moved here, when I moved here, I was just like, I hate it here. And I, I didn't want when, when or look this? for anything spiritual. I think it was, I'm so bad with years. I want to say seven years ago. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's been a while. Been a while. That's okay. Then I moved for two back to New York uh, for SNL and then I moved back. Oh, okay. So it wasn't after SNL. You, no. you weren't, you, how long have you been here now straight? Since, Since happy endings, three and a half years. Three and a half years. Yeah. That's, how, that's how long I've been here as well. Yeah. Okay. But you had a seven year run before that. No, I had about... Oh, it's seven total. Two, like a year here, so maybe less, about a year here, two in New York, and then I've been here three and a half, so... Okay, okay. Six total. Okay. I've only been in LA for... It's inter- okay, so you're you're thinking it's 50-50, sh- shit shoveling. I do. And legit. But That's I find thing. meaning in anything, you know? Hey. I'm like, nothing's an accident. Really? Oh, yeah. Can I tell you my weird epiph? Yeah. I usually have one on the ride over. It's crazy. It's really weird. I'm, I'm going to give you two. Tell them, lay them on me. I'm going to give you two. Lay them on Because me. I, want, I want to hear your, I'm not, I guess maybe I am talking a lot. Uh, the, uh, some, for some reason it happens a lot in Tender Greens uh, by the arc light. <laughs> that is my place. That to me, can I say something and I'm yeah. going to be rude? Please hit it. I feel like that's a very uh, depressing place. Well, tell me why. Something about the strip near the arc light to me with the sun beating down on it and it's sunset, but it's not really sunset strip. It's just, it feels to me like an energy sucker of all time. Well, it's a horrible intersection. Yeah. And that's also that the intersection, intersection where the guy sh- opened fire into traffic. That wasn't I didn't that know that, but now am I intuiting that? I don't know. Ah. No. no, but I think that that intersection makes me feel, so I'm sorry to 
It's a terrible intersection. I hate to say that in, as you're saying, you it's had a epiphany there. It's a restless intersection. It's restless. That's it's exactly. Rem- it's complicated. You know what's funny? Is that building right there, he doesn't live there anymore, yeah. is where TJ Miller, do yeah. you know TJ? Yeah. And I love TJ to death, Me but too. I would use the word restless sometimes when describing his energy. Was TJ the person who opened fire? <laughs> 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 I'm Jesus not at laugh. Liberty Bell to say. <laughs> okay. Um, so what, what were your epiphanies? But his, even his apartment was very open. It was like, so, it was all glass. It was a gorgeous place, but it was like, there was no way to be private. No I way be- to hide. I bet there was a button he could push to sleep or whatever. But right. if you were in there, people could like, you'd, fe- you'd feel like they you could You felt their you. presence. Yeah. Yeah. And if you're an empath... Yeah. Are you yeah. feeling that? You yeah. absorbing some in? I'm absorbing yeah. it. Yeah. Isn't that yeah. fun? So what was your opinion? Okay, I'll give them to you. I was just going to merge into uh, uh, I, you, when people hang out in uh, person, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like you're existing in my consciousness now sort of thing, <laughs> and I'm existing in yours. There's this weird – and Katie – as, as well. Don't forget that's why it's, I, will ne- I would never. But uh, that's so new agey and trippy, but I've been watching these weird uh, Deepak Chopra videos. Oh, yeah. I didn't know. Okay, like he's so up do my you alley. Meditate? Yes. <laughs> I say angrily. Yes. 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 I do Casey. too. Yes. Uh, what flavor? I do too. I, I'm bad about it. I think I was, who is, I was just talking to Seth Morris about how I'm bad about it. But it is, becomes I, another thing where you're like, I've got to fucking meditate. This, yeah. this fucking bullshit. Like, pull over and you're like <laughs> and then, angrily meditating. Uh, you do it in the car sometimes? Sometimes, yeah. I used to be that way. I used to be real hardcore. I wouldn't miss it. Now I, I just uh, allow, this is going to sound pretty touchy feely. I allow days where I'm like, that's not what I'm doing today. That's the way I want to frame anything I do that I don't want to do. You know what? I'm allowing yeah. to not go to the gym. I'm Isn't just that funny? Allow it. That's, That's nice. So it's funny. a kind way to look at yourself. It's interesting. Uh, I, we're not going to get into this right now, but I was reading The Ethical Slut. Have you read that book? No. It's, it's just a book about free love, basically. And they, they're like, language is important. And we're not going to get into polyamory. Everybody that listens to this show is like, oh, here we go. But we're not going to go there. What I'm saying here is our language is interesting. I'm not bad at meditating i'm uh what i allow i i'm honoring myself going today doesn't feel like a meditation day granted when you do muscle through and meditate it's almost always the best it's like when you feel like you don't have anything to talk about in therapy you Mm -hmm. have the best therapy session when you feel like you don't want to meditate you have the best meditation. so there is a virtue in pushing through i'll say that but in the ethical slut just to finish that point they say people who uh fuck a lot aren't um sluts or whatever whatever the the audience the world wants to call it they're generous with their sexuality and I was like that's really interesting you can even disagree I was just like I like the idea that they're like we look at people who are generous with their sexuality especially women that's their point they're like men of course the stud slut you know dichotomy men when you ask about a man they'll be like oh he's honest he's uh, straightforward he's a hard worker they'll tell you those sorts of things Mm -hmm. and women if you ask what a woman is like he's discerning and that could mean that he's an asshole or that's right but if you ask about a woman, if I was like, what is June like? Usually it's, it's in the first three. You'll tell me how generous she is with her sexuality. You know right. what I mean? It's weird. It's, it's worth reading. It's a good way to frame it. It's a reframing system, it's good. which is, yeah. Well, that's a deep chops thing. It is. Deep chops is a... Deep chops. Deep chops. Never done that before. But deep jokes is like when we talk about our own emotions, you should use empowering emotions and stuff and and your language being important. Now I am talking a lot. Do you want to hear the stupid opinion? I'm loving it. Yeah. Are you? I really am. I'm very interested. (laughs) I really am. 
I really am. All right, and then after this, I'm gonna. I swear to God, I'm gonna. I'm gonna see. I'd like to put it to you if you have something. If this makes you think of something, the first one is real simple. I'm at uh, Tender Greens, and and it went like this. My friend said something. He made me think of something, and then I thought of Cristalia, and I almost never th- think of Cristalia, and then Cristalia walked in. It's just like there's two ways to approach that, and this is one of the things we wrestle with on the show. And I have to deconstruct it quite a bit. And to be honest, today's one of those days where I'm like, that doesn't mean anything. Mm-hmm. But when it happened, which was yesterday, shows you how quickly I can turn on right. myself. Yesterday, I was like, that's something. Like, I was just thinking of you for no reason. Just like when you think of something and then the so- like a song and then the song comes on yeah, the radio yeah. or on the iPod. I, or when you feel your phone buzz and you know it's, it's June. Yeah. Or you know uh, uh, it's, it's your boyfriend or your girlfriend and you're like, it's them. Or or somebody random. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that either means something or it doesn't, and I'll put that to you. And then the other one was, I'm taking submissions for my show. So what happened was, um, we got we got a lot of submissions, like 200 submissions. And then what I uh, started to experience was this phenomenon of people texting me saying, "Hey, I just submitted for your show," which at first you're kind of like, "Oh, okay," and then you realize like almost everyone who knows you and submits is going to text you or email you and say, "I just submitted to the show," and that starts to get a little um, overwhelming. Overwhelming. It's not like this fucking idiot, no. but you're just kind of like. I don't know what to say. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I, I'm going to read it. I love you. I'm going to read it. Right. Um, and so this is what's crazy. And then I'm coming here, and then I'm thinking about that phenomenon because I'm still because ha- some submissions are coming in late, and I'm still getting texts like, "Hey, I just hope you like you. it." What's that? I just texted you. I submitted. No. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, continue. Here's what's crazier. A couple years ago, I emailed you one of the, I think it's the only time I've ever emailed you because I met with uh, David and the, and the other showrunner. Jonathan Groff. Yeah. I met with your showrunners to possibly write for your show. I hope to God I wrote you back. No, 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 no. I Facebooked you and I don't, it does, it's oh, not about God. that. It's not that sort of show. This okay. isn't the confrontation. No, hour. no, no, I know. But I how crazy is it that I'm like, oh, how annoying. And then like, I'm like, but Pete, you did that and you would do that. Right you know in that I mean? moment, yeah. And that's the what person you do. I did that to, I'm meeting today. <laughs> I would like, say the only you're like the person, person who may or most likely maybe not uh, wrote me back is the very person. Uh, I don't that know if you wrote weird. me back, but we weren't even Facebook friends, so it would have just seemed like a random. I don't even know if those go. I hope I did, to. and I'm sorry if I didn't. Truly, that's not why I brought it up. That's okay. But that's what I'll be taking from it. <laughs> That's your choice. I'm, yeah, that's my choice. Good that's my framing of it. Is framing. to put myself down and You're feel that you don't with like your me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> good for you. I am incredibly generous. So what do we do? I see Cristalia. Let's let's start with that. Yeah. Does that mean something? I think it does. I don't know what it could mean, but I, I do think that everything happens for a reason, which is so just the most bare bones, lame way of saying that. But I do think it means something. Yeah. I, I think energetically, like sometimes if I don't want to see someone, I won't. Or if I do, I needed to see them. <laughs> That's interesting. Or, you know, so I don't, I think it does mean something. There's something beneficial, I think, to living your life as if the people that come into your life and when they come into your life, whether or not it's true, if you live your life as if that's meant to be, if the person you're in, and yeah. this is something June and I talked about, mm-hmm. somebody that comes in the elevator with you. I was just going to say that, like June and I, I more so, but go see this woman, Marion Williamson, talk in LA. What is it? Her name's Marion. Jones? <laughs> no. No. 
Marianne Williamson. Oh, wait, no, she told me about yeah. it. Yeah. And her whole thing is any encounter you have is not an accident. And right. it's it's what you're needing. And so it does help as a framing mechanism when you're at the DMV or you're in line and you're just like, oh, my God. Right. Whatever interaction you're having is exactly what you, you need to be having. So right. it kind of calms the mind as opposed to like, I need to get blank. It's yes. like, no, you're here. That's the other weird thing that Deep Chips was talking about was he was saying, this is another crazy thing. I go on this walk, and I've said it on the podcast before, one of the things I tell myself, just kind of out of nowhere, is it's just kind of a fun thing to say, is I go, I'm not in Los Angeles. Los Angeles is in me. I just kind of enjoy that empowering <laughs> statement. It's kind wow. of nuts. Then Deep Chips is saying, here are the five things of enlightenment. And one is blah, blah, blah. And then he goes, two, you're not in the world. The world's in you. And, and then he says to the crowd, he goes, I'm not in San Diego. San Diego's in me. And I'm watching, and I'm just like, what the you're fuck like, what is the going fuck? on? What the fuck? I'm a genius. Uh, you're like, I'm... Look, yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that is incredible that you kind of... Or I heard it and forgot it. I'm open no, to that. No, I don't think so. I don't think I heard it and forgot no. it. It seems like the sort of nuttiness I would make up. But then his point is, to you and June's point, and to this uh, Jones woman... Mm-hmm. And to just Jones, <laughs> I call her. Is that when we look at the world as a reflection of our consciousness, it sounds kind of narcissistic, I suppose. But if you look, if you're saying like, this is... Uh, a reflection of me and the whole world is me not like i'm a, apart from this but this is all kind of me and 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 it really sounds I think it's actually no i think it's actually the opposite of narcissism because you're inclusive of everyone and you're right. saying i'm no different than you and right. where you end you know there's no right. end or exception to either of us and there's no di- there's no separation between you yeah, and me and yeah. there's no separation between me and the world exactly and i am you is, is actually much less selfish and like it's just my own right you know, i suppose it's a very different way th- of looking at it I, th- I hope so i think he's starting from that assumption that most people have at least an interest in themselves and then when you can extend that self-interest into other people's interests then you're and, cooking and now, you, now you're yeah, cooking now with you're something really cooking. but then he was like then you can fall in love with yourself and fall in love with the world and yeah. i was like as crazy as that sounds, such a huge idea, I think I'm going to use that to calm down at parties. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be your personal party calmer. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Meditation has helped me calm down at parties so much. Tell me why. Something about it, and I've only been doing it for about eight months, but when what, the days I don't... Well, I started with TM. This is, this is classic. And then that, yes. I had a mantra that was too strong. <laughs> It was making me really agitated and angry. What, so can I you tell of, me? I know you can't tell me what it was, but how many syllables are we looking at? Two. Whoa. But it was it was strong. <laughs> <laughs> That's ex- how did you know? I'm a very intuitive person. <laughs> Chris D'Elia walks in. <laughs> <laughs> TJ Miller's got a gun. I had this very strong mind. This is so weird. But Whitney Cummings, my friend, had a group of us over, and she said this. I mean, I'm just going to put it out there. It sounds weird. Hit it. A, a man named Chandresh, an Indian guru. A man named Chindresh? Chandresh. Jen? Chan. Chan? Dresh. Dreshel. Chandresh. Fran Dresser. <laughs> Fran, he does study with her, though. Which no, is he really doesn't. He no, does. he doesn't. That's one of which I shouldn't be saying, but that was really weird. He was like, you know, I do study with Chandresh. And, I was like, <laughs> and Jackie Chan. But see, that's a ex- perfect example. The only person he has told me he's worked with is her. That is nuts. 
So if that's not a calling card. Well, Deep Chopes. Yeah, that, that does work. <laughs> but deep, it, go on. That's so weird that you deep just Deep Chopes says when we meditate. Look, we're going get to get into a lot of Deep Chopes today. But when you, when you meditate and stuff and when you're in line with your destiny, these are, let's just own how silly yeah. or great these things sound to you or another person. More coincidences, more epiphanies. More, exactly. The Once you're kind that, of aware of it and allow it, I think everything becomes that. That's why when you're in love... You're like talking to somebody about some esoteric movie, and then you'll walk by somebody's house or, or, or their SUV, and you uh-huh. see they're watching that movie, and you're like, "What the fuck?" They're watching it in their SUV. Yeah, 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 in the backseat <laughs> cam that. sort of That's thing. So cute. But isn't that the feeling of being in love? It, it's like everything makes sense all yeah. of a sudden, and all of it is coincidence. The times that I've been the most deep in love is when I'm like, "We were just talking about Weird Al Yankovic, and I just saw Weird." But Al I Yankovic. think that same thing, even when you're not in like height of being in love, I do feel for meditation. Sure. You kind of, you're like, everything just follows along in, in, as it should. It unfolds as it should as opposed to like muscling. Right. It's it feels like, like oh. a click onto the tracks. Yeah. You, you're on the right path yeah. and that feels good. Yeah. So so tell me how meditation helps so you. Or you I, started with TM. Well, I started with TM. Then I kind of dro- <coughs> fell away. It's very funny that your mantra didn't work for you. Couldn't they give you another one? <laughs> well, I didn't really. I just kind of let it lay. And then I went over to Whitney's house and she had this guy who is uh, studied with Deepak Chopra for years and years and years. And his father is this Indian guru. It's very he's very connected with that world. And he was there just doing a, a meditation, the group meditation. And I did it and I felt such a different sense of peace and everything. And Whitney no. said you should call him. And so I did. <laughs> and Whitney's sister is this amazing yoga teacher who works with this with Chandresh and Saul of a piece. And so I had him come over to my house and I was like, what am I doing? I mean, this is the strangest, you know, to have a man named Chandresh in the house. He's answering the phone with his foot. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, like every part of it was just so strange. I mean, I really, it was strange, but he's wonderful. And so he said, I'm going to give you a mantra in the same lineage as what you had, but what you had was the full recognition of that and full realization of that. You told him I did because he said it's okay. It's like telling a doctor what your symptoms are. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) This is so kooky. I'm sure if anyone's listening, like, oh, boy. People are into this stuff. Believe me, as I'm saying it, I know what it sounds like, but I'm still not apologizing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Green so he lights. gave me a different mantra, and it's been com- so that was about eight months ago. But it's similar. It is similar. If your last one was Janosch, the villain from Ghostbusters, this one's like Jan. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah exactly, Jan. So, um, so since then, but at parties, but it's still mantra based. It is. Oh yeah. So you're still doing TM. Yeah, basically. But uh, he has some some special sauce. Really? He adds, you got to yes. tell me some special. He sauce. he's very into you know. Uh, giving appreciation to, you know, my mom passed away and he's very into bringing just appreciation for her energy, which I never would have done. And I just never would have done that. And he's like, she's her energy's with you. Just call upon it and give so thanks. So deliberately. Yes, deliberately just having a moment every day to kind of basically give thanks for the energy of my mom, which is very strong. And I kind of was just very beautiful, I thought, as an idea. So I started doing with that. Yoda. And- yeah, her energy is strong. Exactly, it's great. Yeah, so I mean, there's so it's stra- not, even stranger things in that. That's like the most them. normal one. I, I don't want. I don't want you to be uncomfortable. But I there's some weird tappings. I mean, there's things that what's go tapping? on. Tapping, like tapping different. <laughs> okay, I can't. It's, it's too wild. Just if you're if you're just dropping in on this. Although I'm sure people don't tune in midway. Yeah, they're they're either out or yeah. they're in. Oh, so sure. if you're in, well, hey. that's the beautiful thing about it. It's like this wonderful yeah. safe place that like we filtered out those people that don't like this exactly, sort of stuff. Exactly, exactly. Ten episodes. If you're here, yeah, God bless. Fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so anyway, since I started <clears throat> meditating, parties have been much easier for me because I'm a social person, but I get very, I think everyone does, go to a party and you just have those 
just it seems like a series of, of moments that aren't catching, like mm-hmm. I don't know, like a jewelry class, which is like not quite connecting. I feel that's so, and I'll that's walk so away, well like, put. What was I saying? Like I, that just didn't. I classically always have moments where I don't hear people or they don't hear me. And mm-hmm. it's always like, what was that? And then they're walking away. And I <laughs> now I have a really hard time recognizing people, which June makes fun of me all the time for. And it's really like I feel so badly because I never want someone to think I don't remember them. But sometimes my brain like. If someone's out of, I don't know. You have no idea who you're Every interaction to. is that to that's me. That's me. That, yeah. That's me 100%. It, I, I'm filled with panic that I don't recognize people constantly. And I've tried to be better about it. And I was like, I'm, I'm just going to drive straight into traffic. That's but what now do. what I've done is when someone comes up to me and they have any glint in their eye, and this has happened about 10 times, I nice hug them say. and they say, oh, we've never met. I'm just a fan. <laughs> and I seem uh, insane. I'm like, hey, yeah. I come with like a, a an even bigger energy of yeah. love, but then I'm just kind of like, oh well. It's We're all the fine. guy from Memento, remember? <laughs> uh, Warner Brandis, I believe his name is. <laughs> no, not Warner Brandis is the guy from Sneakers, played by the same actor. That is incredible. <laughs> I can't believe that Good mistake. Reach. That was a, that was an incredible reach. But I do that thing. I, the guy in Memento who had no short term memory yeah. used to fake it. Every time he saw somebody. And I, I recently did that. I saw somebody, and she looked like she recognized me. And I just went in, and I, she was seated, so I just kissed her on the cheek. And she was like, oh, I thought you wouldn't remember me. And I was like, oh, you. You? Who could forget you? And she was like, well, we've only met like six times. And I was like, <laughs> I mean. still don't know who that person was. <laughs> still a don't real, have a name. A real living nightmare. And also the idea of, of that clasp that just doesn't connect. And also not hearing. I'm like an old person. I'm like, yeah. can we turn the music down? Can we all turn the music down in restaurants? I'd like it to be at a Dell. Yeah. I, I really, I, I am exactly the same. I'm always like, where can we eat where it's where it's not so loud? I, that's exactly how I feel. I want quiet. I, I like little dinner parties. Oh, I would love it. But if somebody, this is yeah, something. I do better in small groups. Tell, me too. Yeah. Me too. I love I love a six. A Give me a six. six. Give me a six any day. An eight, an eight and you're pushing things. Yeah. One, cause that's a four. Yeah. A four I'll could go either way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Give me a six. A four is just kind of like we don't have any more friends. Yeah, and but a four a is, is like how long group. is this dinner? <laughs> oh, I love a four. I've had a good time with a with a with a four, but a six can yeah. be even better. Anyway, um, what were we saying? Panics. Oh, so you're saying that TM helped you? Oh, and yeah. You're and then if I me don't meditate and I go to a party, what, what? Oh, you're tapping things. Oh, I, I will. I'm going to leave that one out. You got it's it. Just so I'm strange. just going to guess what it was. You tap your chakras. You're tapping a couple chakras. <laughs> Couple chakras are getting tapped for sure. Is that just to stimulate energy there or something? I don't want to Presumably. embarrass you. We don't. We don't have Presumably. to do this. You're not leaping. No, you're. You're. It's a small. They're small taps. They're subtle taps. Uh-huh. But I mean, enough that you wouldn't do them in front of someone else. Really? Yeah, you're tapping. You're tapping your third eye. You're tapping. There's some taps. There's some taps. Do the taps help at all? Unclear. Unclear. Entirely unclear. <laughs> Tell me how this transfers into the parties. Because now you're not connecting and you don't recognize. If I haven't meditated, it's just getting so strange. I went to this party at this director's house a couple weeks ago, and, and <laughs> I was so ga- geared up. You know when you're actually Whitney's going boyfriend? out? No. When you're actually going out and you know you're pleased with yourself, you're like, I'm going to do it tonight. Like, oh, I'm yeah. going, and I'm going to two parties. And immediately I got there, and I was like, these interactions are all wrong. Yeah. I could just feel the energy was weird. Like... And my boyfriend was like, let's 
maybe go. So we became so awkward that we saw the host standing by the door. So we're like, we can't go out this way. We'd only been there for 15 minutes. And it wasn't like it was going so bad. I was just like, we must leave. You did That's the all Ir- I can say. The Irish Italian goodbye. Yes. So we go out the back and there's like a food truck in the alley. And we're like, you know what? Perfect. We're just going to slip out the back alley. And then we walk down a path and it's gated with like a large dog like running after us. There was no way out. So we had to run back, like run through the house. And I was just like, how did it get like this that I'm become with such social you're anxiety? A grown woman. I'm a grown woman. Yeah. And everybody knew the people we had passed. Yeah. To see us again. Yeah. It was just sure. so... But it's not what you pictured as a child. No, it's, God, no. It's not us living at our best it's, in no, that it's, moment. No, it's not my best self. But I mean, I often feel like I'm like, these are the parties. And I'm not talking about fancy Hollywood parties. I'm just talking about grown-up parties. Yeah. Like people are like kind of dressed nice and there's free yeah. food. I'm like, this is what I was talking about when I was a kid and I was so bored out of my mind. I was like, one day I'll be grown. And I will go to these parties. And now I'm at these parties and I'm like, wouldn't it be great to be in my childhood bedroom <laughs> Exactly, right <now?"> I know. <laughs> I was that. in this yoga class and someone said a good <laughs> phrase to say to yourself is, this is all there is. And the first time you say it in your head, it feels, I for me, very depressing. <laughs> like yeah. really depressing. But then if you take a breath with it, they, you kind of, it forces you in the present moment to just say, oh, this is all there is. And it is supposed to provide like Ooh, I'm gonna a, give you one. a kind of, um, what's the word? Uh, freedom Zen? within yourself yeah and you feel good because is it to be like it's okay this is all there is yeah and and i think at least myself i'm always like what is the next thing i'm good my eye is always con- I, my brain is always ahead of itself like the next thing's coming and uh-huh i'm not i've got to get to that and well it is a cliche but like I, one of the things that i've been played with my entire life is i'll uh wonder how much sleep i'm gonna get yeah and i'll wonder like when Do you am take i sleeping gonna pills? Um, not often, but sometimes. Yeah. I don't know why I said not often. Lately, I, I've been sick, and I've really been enjoying a good NyQuil run. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? You oh, start, yeah. lo- start looking forward to it. Especially I like, when I you're like... given permission by being <laughs> sick. I put in quotes. I love, I, I, I kind of enjoy being sick. This me has too. been something that I've been talking about lately. And uh, I, just in therapy today, I was talking about how, to me, alcohol is a way to kind of make yourself something similar to sick so you can't do anything. I don't mean like hungover, but if you have a couple drinks and people are like, drive out to Pasadena, I'm like, oh, I would, but I, I had some wine with dinner. I love that you view alcohol as a way to not, not to be lazy, out. to basically to do nothing and That's disconnect exactly from everyone. That's great. I was telling that to a friend of mine and, and I was surprised, but he was like, no. No, I totally get it. Like, yeah. you're just kind of like, I, I, I can't. I've been drinking. <laughs> I didn't drink for like just one week, like two weeks ago. I just wasn't drinking as much. I had so much energy. I thought, this is terrible. I'm up. I'm yeah. bright eyed. Yeah. I'm ready to go. And it's 10 at night. Like, yeah. I think sometimes we, you know, I don't have kids. I, I There's something about like putting a day out of its of. misery. <laughs> That's correct. <Yeah. laughs> oh, God. Of. I'm so sorry. I no, you're right. I've, I've been, uh, Nick Roll is just making fun of me. Um, I've been pushing wheatgrass on everybody. Oh, boy. I know. I'm, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm okay. that person. Oh, don't act that way. I Astrology. Won't, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. You can be. I'm that trying way. to act now. I'm like a casual observer of the craziness. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay. Enjoy Tell it. Us about it's that. one of the few <laughs> remaining topics. I'm playing both sides of the line here. <laughs> that's completely fine. In case, see, I'm are pantering to the one person that's like, what are they talking about? Uh, I'm like, hey, you... like me too. Yeah, Lyle. The guy Lyle, Lyle listening is like, I don't me? know about this. But then anyone that does, I'm like, tell me about wheatgrass. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what wheatgrass does for me is it gives you a lot of energy. Like right now, because all I've really had today is wheatgrass, uh, blue-green algae, <laughs> one egg, and uh, a turkey burger. That was pretty good. Pretty standard. But what I'm saying is I'm burning with like all this weird uh, organic like energy. living energy. And you really do feel a lot Oh, my God. I'm going nuts. But that's the thing. We want life and death. There's this weird... Uh, 
po- mm-hmm. poetry to every day. Even the way that the sun comes up and then goes down, it loves us and then betrays us. There's this narrative to even my day where if you look at a food journal for me, it's like wheatgrass. And then, and then like I said, E3, which is like this frozen algae shit. And I'm burning high, crazy energy hippie guy. And then at night, I'm like whiskey. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like Because I want... I can't shut down. No, the opposite. Yeah, I want it. Like yeah. I said, it, like you're just laying there. It's mm-hmm. like too much energy, and suddenly that's why I start looking forward to Nyquil or whatever. Yeah, I just wrote a sketch where I was like, it's called the on-off switch. It's just like that. How great would it be to just have an on-off switch? That's where we're... I think that's where we're all tasting in every moment of like, and, right. and, and just by little degrees too. I want to be a little more on, a little more off. Exactly. And, just, and then it's, oh, it's got to like be a fader. It's yeah. got to be a fader. It would be a fader. That's a good. Well, they got they got five. That was what inspired it. We got five hour energy, and then they had the same company. I think makes Dream Water, which is just a five hour energy to put you to sleep. Yeah. And I was like, we're just getting to that point. Yeah. And it's weird. Anyway, how did we get here? How did we get here? You were talking about your yogi guy teaching you meditation and then parties. Oh, this is all there is. Ha! Yeah. I, I've i been, I will say something. I got engaged this weekend. You did not. Yes, I did. Oh my God. I'm only saying because I, it's so interesting that life and death where you're literally like, this is all I will want out of this life. Yeah. And then you're like, I, I've been feeling like an overwhelmed level of, Depression is the wrong word. It's just so funny. The humans like once this happens and now yeah. I'm like, I can't even get out of the car. Like what's happening to me? Like I feel so overwhelmed and kind of like both sure. sides of it, of the coin. And I can't believe after, you know, that I, I this caught me off guard. I was like, getting engaged. Well, that it caught me off guard that then the it would swing the other way. Kind sure, of. sure, yeah. sure, sure. That's crazy. So uh, th- this is the fella I know, or uh, I hope it's not some... It's the fella you know. Okay, good. <laughs> That's con- congratulations. Yeah. That's so lovely. Thank you. But it, it is an interesting thing. I often feel... Have you been engaged? I've, I've been married. <laughs> oh. So yes. The answer is yes. <laughs> and we went through with it. Uh, I was very young. Just to catch you up to speed, I, I got married when I was 22, and I got divorced when I was 28. 28. Um, yeah. First person I slept with, that's it. It was kind of like religious-y. Yeah. So it's not, it, do, it doesn't really count. I'm not just saying that to be like, don't worry, ladies. But I'm just saying it doesn't really feel like a marriage. Right. Although it was traumatic, certainly. I'm interested in what you just said is, is sometimes the greatest things in the world, like you're saying, if I'm hearing you correctly, engagements or, or, or births or, or uh, in my case, like a, a show, you get a show that feels kind of like a birth. It doesn't necessarily just give you this uh, pass to complete fulfillment and, and feeling happy all the time. Yeah. Is that what you're saying? I am. And I think I was, it was so <coughs> overwhelmed. I was so overwhelmed with emotions that for me, those tend to go sad sometimes. Yeah. Like a just ton of emotions. Yeah. The, the, the circuit board lights up. Every line has a call yeah, on it. it and does. you're just like, fuck this. Yeah. Who wants that? Yeah. As happy as I am, I'm also like feeling really sad too. Weirdly, I think, because also I think, my dad and brother and I are very close and they were in town for the weekend and it was just a lot with them. You know, it's mm. a lot of, you know, your families. Was that intentional changing. so you could tell them? Yes. Yeah. yeah they, they were out and, and so that was beautiful, but it was also, <coughs> my mom has passed away. So it's been the three of us and it was a very, you just don't think of, you're just like, I just want to get engaged and that's going to be this. And it's like, oh no, our family unit is changing very dramatically yeah. in a beautiful way. But in also like my dad and brother and I are now a different thing and you mean there'll be like a little bit of a loss there? I think, yeah. Or just with every game, there is loss. Yeah. And you kind of don't, I think my brain, I wasn't anticipating it. I was like, this will well, just be amazing. It is interesting. I guess, especially in the old school view of marriage, 
he's like uh, you know not sequestering. He's uh, he's absorbing you into his corporation, he is absorbing my emotions. <laughs> <Yeah. currently>. <laughs> <laughs> he's taking you on his team. <laughs> yeah. So the Wilsons are losing. Even if you yeah. keep your name or whatever, it's it's now like. It's it's uh it's the circle of life or whatever. Yeah. Like you're supposed to grow up and you're supposed to get married, but there is that loss. Certainly, probably for your father, I imagine that. Yeah, my dad was acting so strange and just was kind of. <laughs> it was all just you know I don't even know, but it is. Yeah. Well, I have to imagine with the, with the loss of your mother, which I actually mm-hmm. knew about. I didn't know June's mother had uh, uh, passed away, but I, I saw it. It's on your Wikipedia page. You have a more oh. thorough Wikipedia <laughs> it's page. Very than thorough. June. Yeah. Well, I'm it, so glad someone updated that. <laughs> yeah, but it led to that. You have a wonderful foundation in her honor oh, and all yeah. that sort of stuff. So I believe that was the why it was on there. Yes, I guess. yes. It wasn't just like a trivia. <laughs> hey guys, or something. Which family member passed <laughs> oh, in uh, the summer of? <laughs> was it? When was it? I actually, this is so strange, and I don't know the year. I have to always ask June. Because when it, my mom passed the first year I moved out here, and so the same way you asked me how long I've been out here, and I don't really know. I yeah. know that sounds crazy. No, I could t- couldn't tell you if it was like 2002 to 2005 because it was such a blur to me after that. And then I got SNL very quickly, and it was all. I mean, after she died. Yeah, right after she died. Oh whoa! And so I, I, I need to just. I mean, it's embarrassing that I don't know the year. It's certainly not for not caring. It's actually more of just like. The years that followed were such a blur. Mm-hmm. I always say to June, how old was I when yeah. my mom died? And <laughs> so it's, I don't know. No, we answer. talked a little bit about that. Uh, Paul is oh, that about... way. Paul doesn't know how old he is, remember? Yeah. And uh, I, I'm actually similar. I, I spent a good 15 minutes yesterday trying to figure out if I was 36 or 34. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I'm 34. <laughs> it like, took a while. It, I wasn't just thinking it came about up, that. It came up the right way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Totally, or I just completely reinvented myself and I was like shaved off two years. I don't know. But I, I understand that. So that, that happened... Oh, Somewhat recently. Yeah. It sounds like it happened about three and a half years ago. It happened actually like five years ago. I know it was like five or six. So I guess you're like, well, just count back. <laughs> oh, because you were on SNL for a year and a half and that was three and a half years ago. So it was yeah. five years ago. Yeah. Thank you. So it was five Thank years you, ago. <laughs> Thank you. I know. This Welcome is... to my podcast, Pete Figures Out Pete When figures Tragedies out when... <laughs> Happen. See, I got divorced. <laughs> when your parents died, he will know. <laughs> it's creepy because I can do... Don't try to put it past him. I'll do He'll the find future out. ones too, which is very troubling. People don't like it at all. It's a terrible party <laughs> trick. I just shake their hand and go, 2018. <laughs> uh, I got divorced in 2007. Okay. Uh, she told me on June 6, 2007, which was 667. So close to 666. Well, at least sounds like you have a kind of... Boy. To remember, that's how I remember. It by at least, I and I at I, least she gave you that parting gift. And also, June sixth was when I graduated eighth grade. Was like this weird uh, freedom. I also remember that I went to a Fourth of July party, which was you know an Independence Day party at Nick Kroll's house, like that <laughs> later that month. And I remember being like, oh, I guess I'm independent now, and just feeling like terrified. Oh, it was so never weird. has like in the movies when they've depicted the holidays that are hard after yeah. a divorce. <laughs> it's like Valentine's Day, Christmas is a hard one. Never. No. I have thought Fourth of July, yeah. but I'm having you'll, more you'll, compassion. Yeah, you'll find a way. <laughs> On America's birthday, I'm going to look around and see who's recent, who's <laughs> suffering, who's staring into his red Soho cup, or <laughs> yeah. Solo cup. That is that is who's a problem. Like slowly licking a red, white, and blue pop, <laughs> yearning, really longing, yeah, longing. Well, I don't know. Again, going back to being Irish, I did enjoy the melancholy as I did today. But uh, let's stay with the existential thing. Let's let's stay on uh, on the mom thing. So it was like five years ago, and with the marriage. Wait, okay. Let me ask you this. This yeah. is my weird question for you. 
in the family to a brother and a dad now, you're the remaining uh, woman. Mm-hmm. So I have to think that that was like the closest thing to kind of like a lady energy, of course, in the family. Yeah. And maybe, you know, with him with him losing you. I'm not trying to make you sad. I'm just saying, is that, no, is that a consideration? All. It is a consideration. And I think he he ended up essentially bringing a girlfriend that we had never met into town to... Your dad? Yeah. To spring on us. And my brother had told him not to. And my dad literally couldn't hurt a fly. He is the nicest man in the world. But he ends up like hurting people's feelings horribly. Because he can't hurt anyone's feelings. Which sounds weird. But he he just is wrong-headed. And What do you mean? He doesn't want to hurt anyone's feelings. He, and that's he, why so he, he never tells anyone anything. Like at one point a few years ago. <laughs> he was dating two women. And he's like, I don't know what to do. I've never dated. I can't tell any of them. I you know, tell anyone I don't want to see them. They both were planning a surprise party for him. Oh, you know, and then so it ends up just blowing well, this, this up. This is in his a face. lesson. Was his? Did oh, he but he's not never date learned one lesson. <laughs> he has never learned one lesson. No lessons. No lessons have been learned. So we had kind of a because uh, September first, I do know, is when my mom passed away, which was two days ago. So it was a lot going mm. on this weekend. I got engaged. Both our families were there, and it was my mom's anniversary. And my dad decided. Not not the night that I got engaged, but he had come into town with a girlfriend we never met, oh. who ended up being absolutely lovely, but it just was not the right weekend, and it it was just stirred up a lot with my brother, was like, I told you not to do this, and he's a wonderful man, I can't believe I'm talking about this, and, and I love him, but I'm like, he must be punished. <laughs> <laughs> I'm currently punishing him. How? Um, just not, like, texting him back. My dad is was my Girl Scout leader for my whole life and he's so involved in our lives and but he wouldn't apologize my brother and I were like just apologize that just just say this is odd timing we we wanted him to even just say odd timing he was sure. like i didn't mean now i'm in trouble oh. like i'm like no <laughs> He's like a four-year-old. I mean, yeah. Am I crazy in seeing a parallel to losing you around the anniversary of your mom and having this new woman presence? And and that is true. And my, my boyfriend's mom actually said, she said, you know, I think your dad is actually missing your mom so much that he really can't be alone this weekend. Yeah. And I think that's uh, that's the most beautiful charitable way of looking at it and a way that I'm getting towards. I'm but not, yeah. I was just so bummed because I really wanted, you know, uh, the night of the engagement and June was there for this. And I, he's he, he means well. I'm really not trying to sell him out at all. He really means well. I asked everyone at dinner, and it was like 10 of us, the <laughs> night I got engaged, to go around and tell their engagement story. Because I wanted my dad to bring my mom into the night. And mm. I thought that was a way he could do that. So I'm setting him up for that story, essentially. We go around the table, my dad's last, and then he goes... I'll be telling a different story. <laughs> my brother and I just put our heads in our hands. And he's like, I'm going to tell the story of me and Pamela. Or, you know, his, his I won't say her name. But his new girlfriend, which is just like so inconceivable. I mean, they've been dating for three weeks. And oh. he's, it was just so, oh. he didn't mean it. But then later he's like, I got to look forward. I can't look back. And you guys want me to live in the past. And we're like, no, we don't. It, it, it's every emotion. Everyone's feeling emotions that are right yeah. to them. But it's a kind of a mess. But to redeem him we then had a party a celebratory party on my mom's anniversary and he got up and he clinked his glass and he knew he had 
kind of not hit the mark exactly <laughs> when asked for an engagement story telling one of a woman he just met and he he said you know my my wife what was the story it was i mean there, it, it, that, there was a thing Dairy it had no Queen. structure it was just like i met this woman and like i'm so happy and everyone's just like stunned. have you heard about okay cupid <laughs> it should be terrific cupid cause... exactly everyone was just like their mouths are open it was like let's move on oh, but then he got so he up clinks. and did he clinks the glass and he said you know my wife couldn't be here today and he started crying and he gave a huge speech about my mom mm. and it was really beautiful so he as we always say about my dad he always does wrong but then he'll take a note mm-hmm. he will uh, take, a he'll note. take a note he won't learn a lesson but he'll take never a learn note. a lesson but he'll always take a note and then he said you know said i'm gonna make it up for you he still can't apologize uh, but why not a nice I guy i don't know he's so nice he's just like emotionally <laughs> kind of like a kid is he the irish no, uh, yes, he's Irish and um, he's stubborn. He's like really stubborn, but he's he's so sweet. Is I he mean, an Aries? <laughs> I don't uh, know what he is. I'm just kidding. I'm an I, Aries. I, need I don't to think do, I'm like, stubborn at all. I need to do like an astrological reading with my father and I, our charts. <laughs> no, yeah, sure. I have a name for you. I what what is it about older men? I, I I've I've said this many times on the show, but like dads, like older men, middle aged men, yeah. I suppose. I just they, they're so aimless they are you know what i think they are and this is perfectly in line with what we're talking about my dad is completely existentially free Hmm. he he's not trying to hurt my feelings but he also is like gonna do what he's gonna do and it it almost it seems so cruel that it wouldn't occur to him that that would not go well but it doesn't because he's like living his life and he's like Hmm. oh i didn't know you wouldn't like that like and he genuinely means that he is so existentially free to the point that he ends up hurting people's feelings but he really just is like, in every moment, I see him living in every moment, just making wrong choices left and right, but like in the moment, <laughs> you know, and he's so cute. And I, I feel bad I told that story. I don't know why I did, but I do think dads are just like, as they get older, at least my dad, I don't know about your dad, but they also get much more sentimental and like he cries a lot. Oh, yeah. And, and they, I think they have the pressures of like life and having to support a family. And then over time, they kind of like come undone. Oh, yeah. They're barely together. Yeah. Well, sad dad. See, the thing, the go- one of the goals of my life is not to become a sad dad. Oh, yes. Yeah. See, that's dad. the worst. And, and and my dad is the most up dad. Like, nothing gets him down. Really? He, oh, he loves life. <laughs> no. Oh, everybody loves him. He, he knows every friend. He knows every relationship. He's just a ball. I mean, he, he really is. But that's he's almost so joyful. It's like he doesn't realize no. the wreckage in his wake. I've been picturing this fella wrong. No, imagine, like, I can't even... Acute. No, I don't want to say. He's he's just adorable. He's as up as they come. He makes, my dad went the other route. I, I, I'm, how did he go? I'm interested in how to defeat sad dad uh, syndrome. Um, right. And uh, I've been working on a joke about it. And it's just the idea that often a, a man will replace himself with the children, which, which is kind of okay. It doesn't always happen. Right. But the man uh, con- uh, conspires in his own assassination, basically. Uh-huh. You have this baby. And I-, I talk about this on stage sometimes. And I'm like, you got Dave. And then you got the baby that looks like Dave and has you in it. Fuck Dave. You know what I mean? Like, you got this <laughs> yeah. baby. Fucking beat it, Dave. And Dave. That's so true. I'm sorry I picked the name David, by the way. but Which right. is a random name uh, for this bit. Is it, Dave used to be cool. He used to be virile. He used to have a purpose. But then he just became, he's the empty bag of fertilizer. You know what I mean? It's like, we got what we needed from you. That's the portrait of a sad dad is is the guy that gets completely replaced by the children and then also men are kind of complicit in that in our own bullshit to like allow ourselves to become the other child in the relationship and letting the wife become the second mother that's the other this is how we 
kill ourselves. And they're like, and I'm not getting enough attention from mommy, exa- so I'm going to exactly just right. sequester myself or... Yeah, and you take up some weird hobby. Oh, here's your choices, as, as far as I'm concerned, is because uh, it certainly happened in my family. Right. Uh, what I'm saying is I, me and my brother, I think, replaced uh, some, some of my father and my mother's relationship. I, I don't know what it was like. I can't speak to it. I wasn't there, but I know that we were, we were the king, king babies. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. So uh, my father's route was work. He could mm-hmm. still fuck. I'm, I'm not saying literally fuck, but he could fuck his work. Mm-hmm. He could fuck his work, and he could get fulfillment out of his work, and he's the guy that knows everyone at the bakery, and he gets excitement, and he has ups and downs, and that that kept him from becoming a classic sad dad. Then I think some of them drink, <laughs> some yeah. of them eat, some of them uh, sound like find other ways around it that are healthy and good and, and have community and have friends. And also, the, I'd like to think some of them just have wives that don't allow that, that, that don't do that. Or, well, or I think that's the, the the trap for women is is not you know they have a kid and you just see that they're just so lazy. Which as as I imagine I would be too, but I think it is a trap of like you're just all about your kid to a degree that you like have blinders, like right. you're not even seeing other humans. Right, right, right. It's biological. As Whitney yeah. said on the podcast, your friend Whitney was talking about uh, seven years in, your partner will start, will start smelling differently to you. Because uh, that, those seven years when the baby is between the ages of zero, you know, fetus, and, and seven years old is when the man is n- most necessary to provide. But around seven years old, the baby's, you know, erect, walking around some of the time. Hey, oh, I'm saying he can walk. Okay, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a thank you. Good one. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, but he, he can kind of fend for himself a little bit. He can at least run from a bobcat. So then the man becomes even less necessary. So mm-hmm. there's almost something genetic about the, like, get this guy out of here-ness. Well, I was so, I'm, I'm sure everyone knows this fact, but I recently. <laughs> this is like a most basic back about life, but that babies often look like the father, so that you know, yes, they stick around. It's right. just such a crazy some sort of, of proof. Yeah, yeah, the genetic. I talk uh, about narcissism, like oh, <laughs> right, like me, I'm not going anywhere. Right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird. It's bonkers. Also, I had a, my dad was so the opposite of this. He, my dad was very like in the jolly category, <laughs> but my friends' dads were those angry dads. You know, when you go to their house Ooh, and you're angry scared. Dad. Angry dads or you'd be in the worse car. than yeah. I'll and take a sad dad over They would an just start dad. yelling in the car, and you're. I remember growing up being like, oh, I want my parents to pick me up. Like, yeah. I'm scared of this dad. Yeah. There's just some tension and edge. Yep. There, there's like a danger level in the house. And when you're a kid. But the dad's going to blow. Sure. Oh, yeah. Everyone's walking on eggshells mm-hmm. sort of thing. And it's never, the fight is never about what the fight is about. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're arguing about chicken cutlets, but you're like, really? I think it's because, uh, you know, dad is really frustrated about how his life is. Yeah, about what. Or whatever. Yeah. So, I don't know. So you're, I mean, it's, it's wonderful. I'm, I, I've got to be very careful that I'm not uh, anti-marriage or family, especially when I talk about this weird sad dad stuff and, and being a divorced person. I think it's wonderful. And you're saying that it did make you a little bit weird or whatever. Well, I think because I think when you have a parent that dies younger, you are kind of having to go through every, every life phase in both you know, in regards to both, you're you're so excited about the future, but then you're you're then hit with that backlash and the kind of like the door hits you on the way out of like oh someone's not here, mm-hmm. and so that kind of just persists for anyone. I think that's lost someone. That's like this little friend tugging on your sleeve of yeah. like someone's not here, and yeah. there is that gap. I think it's weird. I'm always struck. My- which I sorry sorry mm. to interrupt you. No, which please. I think is actually once I can kind of harness it and move through it. Someone said. You know, grief, it ultimately, 
it never goes away, but it, you can learn to live beside it, which I think is actually beautiful because you're looking to feel better when someone passes away and it takes so long. You know, right. the grief process is yes. so long. But that I think ultimately to feel grief in moments of joy just reminds you what you had. Of course. So it's, yeah. You know, That's wild. You know, that you it's say a that. real mixed bag. Yeah. <laughs> Take it as it comes. Take it as it comes. I guys, can't day by day. <clears throat> Today in therapy, my my uh, therapist, Doctor Gary Penn, whose book is available now, uh, did the thing where he was like, "This is this is something uh, bad that happened in your past or whatever," and it's not really one event or I'd tell you what it was. It's just a sort of vibe. And he's like, "You're in the shadow of it, right here, down here, and your only hope is you you'll never get rid of it." But he's like, you can grow past it, so it'll still be there, hmm. but you'll be bigger than it, or whatever. Huh. And you can still look at it and remember what it was like to be in the shadow of the thing, whatever loss or pain it was. Uh, but you can't really strive to amputate it. You just have to kind of yeah. own your disease or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder, my, uh, I, can't, I can't cite that example. That's somebody else's. I'll, I'll overshare anything about myself, but I don't want to talk about other people. But I'm interested in... in As when- I've done... With my loving father. I'm no, like, I do that with my, I'll do it with my parents okay. because, you know, that's, that's the deal. <laughs> you raise me, I live in your house yeah. and I put up with that. I get to talk about whatever I want. But uh, whenever a parent dies and then something major happens after that, I'm always interested. I'm interested in the transition. Your mom dies and then almost how quickly were we doing SNL after that? Pretty quickly. I think six months or so. That's nutty, right? Yeah. It was nutty, and I think it was... I mean, it's nutty with a uh, living pair. I'm not trying to be funny. I'm saying yeah. it's nutty either way. Either way, it But is here nuts. you are, your your entire perspective has been kind of knocked sideways, mm-hmm. and then and now you're, you know, staying up at night. Yeah. <laughs> with the weirdos. And I, yeah, and I, I think it... <laughs> Going. I'm certainly not, I'm certainly not blaming it. I think ultimately I just was not the right fit for the show, but I... It definitely didn't help in the sense of like I just felt a constant feeling of being out of it, which you literally are kind of out of it, yeah. you know, and you're just trying to scramble for some ground under you and at the show and in grief. So it was just kind of a crazy time. And I finally decided, you know, I'd never taken any antidepressants or anything, but I was like, I it's once it had been a year, I'm like, I need to I just can't I need something to help me. Mm. And then I think that was its own kind of, I don't think I should have done that, really, just personally. I think it helps so many people, and I see it helps so many of my dear friends. Which but, one did you dabble? Oh, uh, Celexa, I think They all sound the same. I don't yeah, know why I, I think Oh, Celexa. Yeah. <laughs> and I just think that sort of like... The Contra Code. I think it didn't help me. I'm so emotional. I think it kind of numbed me out a little, but then I, I don't know. I don't think it was... I think it helped me for the year, and I needed it at the time, but ultimately, like... It's all a blur. As you've noticed, I've assigned the word blur to that time yeah. period. It's weird. I was just talking to my brother today about how I think I lucked out in my ability to shred files. We were talking about something uh, not super traumatic, and it wasn't really event-based. We were just talking about how weird it was living with our parents every day, and they like would not get along or whatever. And he'd talk about something, and I'd be like, I just don't remember that at all. And I'll do it even as an adult. He'd be like, Pete, you were 28 in that story. And <laughs> right. I was like... Yeah, I can delete things while it's happening. Right. Like, just like, I don't do Are it. Are they still married? Yep. <laughs> yeah, they are. Um, uh, but it's a three-way with my father's work. You know what I mean? Like, right. he works and, and then they also have, they, they have a lovely, uh, lo- lovely life, life yeah. I, I think, I hope. But um, I think that's interesting that you were able to, it sounds like you've been getting rid of some of the records. Yeah, I think so. <clears throat> I think there is a... I got this when I got off the show. They sent me this box of my stuff, and <laughs> I don't think I've ever told someone this, but I came to the door and I 
like it was a really big box and I opened it and it was all Gwyneth these Paltrow's head. Yes, yes. As a matter of fact, oddly enough, and um, it was it was all these family photos and like all the photos I had on my desk, like Mm. you know, framed photos, and I had a bunch, and then all these alcohol bottles that the hosts would give us at the end of each week, and so they were all put in one box with no like peanuts or packing anything, (laughs) so they had. All the alcohol had completely exploded. Oh, no. And shards of glass and all the photos had had broken into millions of pieces. And it was like a junk heap. And I just opened it and I looked at it and I slowly closed it. And then I just put it in the dumpster. And I was like, talk about shredding files. I was like, and oh, this period is done. Like, I, I just, I, <laughs> they're moving forward. You know, I, I can't, I don't know why I've always felt like, just when I remember watching you on the show and, and just and reading interviews with you and stuff where you talked about not feeling like it was right for you. That's, I think that's the yeah. language you, you've used before. There's no worse feeling to me, to a comedian, to an artist, of exclusion. And I'm not trying to push you for details about SNL or some juicy scoop when you know, some guest host was an asshole. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about, like, the feeling of I think we get into comedy to be like oh I found my click I found my group and this is supposed it's, it seems like to me as someone who's always put SNL on a pedestal to be like oh that would be the place where I would come in and feel at home to kind of have a little bit of a horror story to get there not a horror story but you know what I mean a betrayal when you get there and you're like oh I don't feel right here this feels a little bit like a wet hug or a soggy yeah. sandwich and you're just like why, why isn't this what I want it to be or to put it another way, I remember one time it was actually TJ was pitching ideas with Nick Vatterot for sketches. So it was a little bit kind of like... For that. SNL? Not for SNL, okay. just, just for something they were doing. But it was like this really weird sketch group. And he, he'll, he'll be freaked out if he ever hears this, that he even knows that I remember this. Because I'm just sitting in his old apartment like two, three apartments ago. And I'm sitting there and they're just pitching ideas and I was trying to like help. Right. But my voice is so not TJ and Nick Vatterot when they're going to Weird Town that I'm trying to give them like logical conclusions (laughs) or through lines or like somewhat relatable jokes. A nice third beat. Exactly. And I'll never forget how lonely I felt when TJ, one of my best friends, and Nick is a good friend of mine too, looked at me and just were like, yeah, this is not what we do here. And I was like, oh, that cuts to the. Yeah, oh, right? that cuts to the core. Right? Not what we do here. It, he didn't. I don't even know if he said that, but he TJ. So he's actually for someone that's so perceived as a sociopath. Oh, he's, he's one of, the warmest. He's one of the most empathetic people I've ever known in my life. And he even said he was he's like so kind. I know that that's how you work, and I'm just going to take a moment to explain that we're doing like weird sketch right now. We're not looking, <laughs> which is so sweet. But then to even have to take a moment to explain because yeah, like, you're clearly because I'm an idiot getting in this. But no, but well, it's so sweet. He's a great. But guy. was it that way a little bit? Was it like we don't do things that way here or was it just like can you do a Joan Rivers impression <laughs> I think it was a lot of that although I never felt like the cast wasn't including me you know just as people it was just more of a general vibe of I wouldn't even say exclusion's almost too strong but it did feel like when I remember I played field hockey and I got onto the varsity team and you're on the bench and you just don't I'm very competitive and mm. I don't want to be on the bench but I'm also don't have the I certainly didn't then and I've worked on my confidence. I really didn't have that, like, I'm out here at all costs quality. Uh-huh. And that's not me, you know, in a job interview where you're like, my weakness is my strength. Right, right, right. That's not me saying that. It's just I I didn't have that. I was so kind of out of it on the one hand. And also, I think 
maybe hopefully it came off as like charmingly insecure but i really was like oh god like at every moment i was just freaking out and how could you not be and it's so funny like every interaction michaela watkins and i were talking about this so she joined up about uh, six months into my experience we literally did not even have time to say more than hi to each other it was literally like hi nice to meet you and like moving on and now michaela and i are good friends Mm. and we said it was like ships in the night there was just such a an air everybody knows this about it but just there's tension and you're just freaked out and but then what i remember are the kind of like signpost kindnesses along the way like the kindnesses of strangers like i remember daryl hammond came up to me and i don't know how he intuited this he just pulled me aside and he's like i just want you to know you can use my office any night writing night you want to smoke because I like was had started to smoke cigarettes, namely because a lot of them were, and I was like sadly like trying to like fit in at the water cooler. Oh. But he was like, if you need a minute, because I shared an office with two writers, he's like, you go in there and you always use my office as like your, just like a quieter place. I mean, I thought that I'm like tearing up thinking about it. Like, just there was there were a lot of moments like that. Yes. They didn't amount to an amazing time on the show, but there were a lot of kind of beautiful moments and. Adam Pally, you know, who's a dear friend of mine, but is, uh, have you had him on the show? Yeah. <laughs> you know how he is. Personality yeah, yeah, yeah. is cutting. <laughs> one day I told him, I said, I mean, he's basically my best friend, but he's, no one has put me in my place when I didn't know I needed to be put in. But he asked me this very same question. And I said, well, you know, Lauren told me once I never had the like Lauren complex issues with him. I always really loved him and saw him more as like a kindly grandpa. Mm. And I think Seth Meyers was, was felt more like running things. And, Lauren said to me, he's like, you know, Casey, there's no reward for good acting on this show. It's characters. And and I, I did feel that was his way of sort of saying, like, you're a great actress, but, like, we're needing more characters. And, and I am more of an actress than a sketch. Mm-hmm. And I felt that and everybody knew that. And so it was all very clear kind of what was going on. But I did feel that was his way of kind of extending himself to me and saying, like, I'm not counting you out as a human or an actress. Right. So I told that to Adam. And Adam was just like, yeah, he fucking fired you, though. I was like, Adam... <laughs> Please, but I can't be like, why did you tell this? But so everything can be like, yes, I didn't, you know, continue there, but I, I don't think of it as like, you just don't want to, like you said, sitting there with TJ, it doesn't feel good when things aren't aligned. You just right. don't feel when something's not right, you kind of want to move on. And well, it's like a relationship. You're like, yeah. oh, I'm not giving yeah, you you're what like, you well, need. This is, I'm going to be found out. Everybody's kind of aware. And I, so in a way it was a relief when, it was over because, sure. you know, and then when I got on Happy Endings pretty soon after that felt like speaking of Adam, who has turned into like the most amazing collaborator I've ever worked with mm. other than June, like that ensemble was like just the six of us were so in tune. And that's why you get into this business. That's right. why I did high school theater. And that's why what you're saying, it's like the group is why we're there. Right. So when you've been deprived, it was like deprivation chamber. And in something that's single cam that is going to give you those like, like tighter shots where it does count. Yeah, that and acting. when like the entire vibe of Happy Endings was collaborative, like the writers were said, and best idea wins from anyone. Yeah, bring what you have. If you have an extra skill, we're throwing it in. It was just so collaborative. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. it was night and day experiences, and and <coughs> so I don't know if that answers your. I don't remember having a question. Someone said, <laughs> you're like, you just went off on this. No one even No, uh, no, no. I, I just wanted to talk about it. You're like, I didn't it. even open the floor for SNL. <laughs> I, 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 it, we started by talking about your mother and then that leading into another already surreal place. It almost feels kind of like a, like a um, what's, what's that weird director that does TM? 
Mm. Oh, David Lynch. David, it's, it's like a David Lynchian sort yeah. of like your mother passes and then for some reason, like almost if you weren't an entertainer, a good way to like show the insanity of that time would be throwing you into something as, as kind of weird and backwards as the lifestyle at SNL. Right, right. And even the people that I know that say it did work for them or feel like a fit all felt like frauds at the beginning. Well, yeah, and I think <clears throat> even people that are having like the experience you would look at and say uh, they're, they must be loving this, mm-hmm. they would say... It's, oh yeah it's not they're all faking it. a dream yeah <laughs> it's a tough experience it. and it's, it's yeah. one you have to chase and you have to pursue and i'm so glad i did but i'm also i don't want to put myself in that kind of position again where you're just not sure yeah it seems like a loud party and happy ending seems more like a six yeah it does Thank this has you. been you made it weird <laughs> aboard the vessel i w- if, have you seen the master Yes. Where they, he audits him, and at the end he goes, Avoid the, I wish I could remember it. I've only seen it 5,000 times. <laughs> this has been my audit. Yeah. Everyone's like, what a sad life. <laughs> Can you answer the next series of questions without blinking? Mm-hmm. Do you linger at bus stops for pleasure? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that one. Oh, God, I love it so much. Well, it, it is interesting, and I was interested to learn that you are more of an actress. You know what I mean? You're not... Well, like when you were in high school and stuff, wasn't I thought you got some award or something for exceptional, oh, for exceptional acting, acting ability? <laughs> I believe at TC Williams High School, isn't that right? Yes. I, so, and you set out to be a, a, a yeah. legit actor, or what I mean is a non-comedic actress. Yeah. Uh, but then you ended up doing comedy, of course. Yeah. Do you long for it? Are you going to make some sort of Jim Carrey turn? <laughs> I'm trying. Are you really? I no. <laughs> I I love to. I just actually got um uh this movie Gone Girl with um, at David Fincher's directing which I'm really excited about because it's such a different I don't feel I've had a ton of opportunity and even just to audition because sometimes the kind of weird thing about SNL is even if you don't quote unquote succeed on it and you're kind of branded as like a sketch performer, even mm-hmm. if you're like, but they didn't think I could right, do right, right. it. That was the note I got. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. don't know, but I, uh, so I think you, every career you have to kind of prove yourself at each little level and obviously I'm not some huge, huge level star at all. So I'm happy to be just kind of trying to do different things. And sure, I sound like an asshole. No, I'm just happy to do different things. <laughs> no, I'm happy. Ugh. When's the last time you uh, had a good cry? Oh well, this weekend has been nothing, nothing but tears. Really? Yeah. Which kind? Happy tears. Happy tears. I, when my boyfriend proposed, I was <laughs> well, wailing story, like the yeah. wailing wall. Like you were, you were sticking little notes in his cracks. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh, good one. A little Israel humor. Uh, uh, no, tell me the story. I'd love to hear it. We got engaged. Um, <laughs> we got engaged at um, my boyfriend has been working on built a house and working on a, a house. Working <laughs> now. I'm just giving you a hard time. We're going to house on a house. Yeah, on a house. that he renovated for a while, and it was the first night that he moved in, and I had said. That I wasn't going to move in unless we were engaged. And so it was the first night. And he said, are you sure you don't want to move in? Still without a ring. And I said, I'm sure. And then he proposed. <laughs> and it was very sweet. And he gave me uh, the ring that his dad gave his mom. And then I was crying so hysterically. When did you start crying? Uh, after. Mm. I, it hit me after. And are then we he- getting down? 
one, one knee style? Yes, one knee. Where are we? The kitchen? In the bedroom of our Ooh, house. Bedroom? Yeah. That's inappropriate. Yeah. <laughs> and then I, he put on this song that my parents loved, which is this Iris Dement John Prine song mm. called In Spite of Ourselves, which is a great song. And he put it on. And then well, I. Did, did he go over and fumble with an iPod or is he hitting no, some sort of No, he remote? had, I'll tell you, he had a Sonos in his. Uh, in his iPhone, which is, yeah, it pipes to the whole house. <laughs> Guys, you know what? It's a great house. <laughs> Guys. That's one of the features of, like, when I when I see friends of mine that have that in their house, I'm like, they're doing okay. They're doing okay. They're doing okay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I cannot tell a lie. Yeah, it was sure. a Sonos. <laughs> <laughs> so he Sonos is a playlist called She Said Yes. He also had uh, The Eraser, Tom York's album, under She Said No. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. He had, he had two at the yeah, ready. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ready to go. Ready. Yeah, yeah. And then... Uh, I started wailing and he said, let's go downstairs and open up some champagne. And he left me in the little living room while he went to look and he genuinely couldn't find it. Hmm. And I was like, "Ah, ah," just hysterical. And then he said, come help me look. And I stood up and then that's when my dad and brother and his whole family came up the walk. Uh. And we had a beautiful dinner and June and Paul came as well. Uh. It was beautiful. And my dad was was wailing about as hard as I was when he came in. <laughs> so is that right? Yeah. Oh my God! Like yeah. open heart, older dad. Oh, open heart, just crying his eyes out. So I'm happy to hear that there he had the playlist planned, and then all your friends were coming yeah. over. It wasn't just if she says she's not going to sleep over, I'm going to propose. <laughs> no, no, it wasn't that at all. It was a joke. It was more of a more of a. It wasn't like a joke proposal, but he had to do a little. Joke. Are you going to move in now? Yeah, I moved in. You get that Sonos. I get that Sonos. I gotta get that Sonos. You gotta get that you Sonos. What's it. the tub sitch? The tub, I looked for so many tubs. All I care about, I take a bath every day. Oh, really? Yeah. Love a bath. Um, I'm a huge... What are we putting in that bath? What do you mean? Not, just, Nothing? Just a lot of hot water. Really? Maybe some, maybe some rag mags. Just some like... Rag mags, like Us Weekly? Yeah. Uh-huh. And but we're not putting anything like a like a oil. An oil now and again. Sure. But when you take a bath every day of your life, you just it's kind of like it's, it's weird. Normal. Everyone's like, get out of the tub. I'm always like, who wants to come over? You want to just come and say to June, I'm like, sit on the edge of the tub and talk. She's like, no. <laughs> I don't understand why everyone doesn't love it. If there were if it were a bubble bath, people are much more comfortable with uh, visiting a bubble bath. <laughs> oh, sure, sure they are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, and I don't give that option really. You're I'm just, just like you're just full out like hard sit tap on the water. Of the tub. <laughs> hard, yes. It, like my hairs become very hard and kind of. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> You're really missing Clumps. an opportunity. That I, I'm going to tell uh, your boyfriend. Have we used his name? Are we allowed to use his yeah, name? Yeah, David. yeah, old David. <laughs> he should get you a series of uh, bath things. He, I know. Right? I feel like some things are missing. But that's great. I, I love seeing an opportunity for some sort of gift. That that's a easy one. It's an easy one. Yeah. Yeah, so, so the uh, tub is great. You're in the house. The house is great. Good tub. Yeah. Where is it? It's in Los Feliz. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah. That's where I live. Really? Where do you live? Yeah, I live uh, right by, uh, I don't know how specific to be, oh. right near the strip the club Cheetahs. <laughs> You know cheetahs? Yes. <laughs> I do. I know exactly where you are. I'm near cheetahs. Okay. That's not exactly my neighborhood, but that, cheetahs is in your that's backyard. a landmark. I got it. If I got in the uh, uh, taxi at the airport and I said cheetahs, if he seemed like kind of a sideways fella, <laughs> he would know where. Let's go get some day beers yeah. at cheetahs. And then cool. jokes on him, I'm just going home. I like it. So that's great. How long were you dating before that? Two, about two years, a little over two years. That's great. Yeah. I don't know why. I, I didn't mean to evaluate that. I just think no. that's lovely. It's. I and, think it's a good amount of time. And I've been going... And Which been I'm going 32, good. so, you know, you kind of... I think... Yeah, what is... What is, what is what are your I thoughts think, on marriage as a philosophy? Because I'm all over the place these days. I don't know. Oh, that's interesting. I mean, I... I <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> yeah, you I just got engaged. 
I know. I I think I'm I'm I like the idea of committing to something. I like ritual. Mm-hmm. So I, I I believe in it in some way, and I think at least How for does he me. Feel? He well, his parents are the most genuinely in love people I have ever seen in my life. Gross. To level that, no, but you don't even think you're going to see it with your own eyes. No, the way they behave is so beautiful, and so I think. No, tell me what that looks like. It just looks like ton, puppy puppiness. Uh, yes, just a utter devotion on both parts that seems equal, and it's it, you know they got to be in their sixties. Yeah, mid sixties, and so to get the ring that his mom got from his dad is really beautiful because they are really in love. I say it like it's a bad thing. I'm like, oh, can you believe it? Oh, I kind of can't. Um, here's but the, it's kind of nice. I, think, I mean, I, I want marrying to, I someone can. that's grown up as bad as their model. And my <laughs> parents were still married, but they had a lot going on in their marriage and a lot of love. But they were both like huge personalities and a lot of love. But yes, I think it's. I don't know. I'm excited to kind of. I'm scared and excited. That's great. What a, what a wonderful and honest answer. I would be really freaked out if you were just like, this is it, man. This is what it is. But I mean, it is exciting and it yeah. is wonderful. And it's certainly okay to not have it all figured out. But you don't often see that uh, position represented by a newlywed. Yeah. You often see blind. Well, I basically came into the podcast and I was like, I'm terrified. I've been crying. I'm sad. I'm depressed. <laughs> you guys are like, you're just getting engaged, right? Yeah. No, and I, I am very happy. No, of course it's you just, are. Un- I think it's a it's an emotional thing to get engaged. Of course it is. Yeah. But uh I think especially when you're a little older, I mean, obviously 32 is not that old at all, but I think a lot of my friends, you know, certainly from Virginia, they got engaged when they're 22, That's 23. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think it it starts to mean more as you know, it's just it, you wrestle with it. Why aren't I? Should I be? I want to be. I don't want to be. It's I'm loving de- it's not being. A little being, bit more deliberate. Yeah. Sure. I think you go through the steps of it. What it is. I think they say statistically 20, between 29 and 39 is the most, it used to be at least, the most successful marriages. Yeah, because you're we, older. And kind of. When it comes to them not working, though, that, that's a reality that we all have to face. Yeah. And again, like I joked earlier that I talk about people that are in open relationships and that sort of stuff. But really, it's just like, how are we combating? And I'm not certain, suggesting that everybody just be like a free love commune. But like, how are we combating the stark reality that like these things tend to dry up? It's a weird question. How are we combating it? I don't know. I mean, I actually had a question for you. Yeah, hit it. Not to not answer yours, but sort no, of. No, I'm happy to. Sort of. I, I, I don't need you to answer that question because there is no answer I'll to that question. let that one hang <laughs> since I just got engaged. No, <laughs> no I, I'm I hope that didn't seem I didn't at all. I'm kidding you. Bad. But I have a question that might seem worse. Yeah, please. Which is, and I don't mean this to come off rude at all, I just have always wondered. <laughs> what if you're like, what's your problem? <laughs> <laughs> no. But... Uh, to have the identity of someone who is divorced. Mm-hmm. I just wonder if do you carry, uh, what are those feelings involved with that as an identity or like that you have to say that a lot to people or I don't know oh, that I'm divorced. That's interesting. Just as a label. No, that's a good question. I, I thought you were going to ask how that being divorced informs my strange iconoclastic take on marriage these oh, God, days. No. You know what I mean? Which I, I, I'm trying very carefully to not be that person. I was just talking to a friend of mine and I was kind of nudging him or supporting his feelings that maybe he needed to break up with somebody. And I was like, I can't just be this guy. Like if your yeah. girlfriend knows Pete, your boyfriend was hanging out with Pete, like a breakup's coming. I, I won't be that person. I'm pro love. I'm pro commitment. I love family. All that sort of stuff is good, good stuff. Being divorced is weird. Um, it's not as I find it similar. Being divorced is similar to uh, enjoying pornography. I'll tell you what I mean by that. If you make it a big deal 
so will the person you're with. Right, I got you. <laughs> but if you just casually mention on the first date that you're just like, and I really love over 80 pornography, and you don't really get lit up by it, yeah, or like get some sort of emotional heat coming from your body, it's the same thing with a divorce. When I first got uh, in a relationship right after, I remember it was hard to breach the subject. I was 28, uh, 29 maybe, and... Um, at that point, I wasn't open really about it. Like, people didn't really know necessarily. And it was like a thing. Like, I remember kind of yeah. like a really awkward conversation. And since then, the last girl that I was dating uh, found out because I was at a party. And I said uh, to an old comedy writer I used to work with, I said, this is this girl. And he said, oh, uh, have you met Pete's ex-wife? Or so? He made some joke immediately. Right. And then that was it because I didn't overreact. I was just like, oh, yeah, I was married. <laughs> like, yeah. I just kind of like let it out. But, but you uh, have a good attitude and you are so <clears throat> pro-love just from your personality. <laughs> which is a lot of divorced people. <clears throat> Excuse me. Sorry. It's okay. A lot of divorced people I know actually end up being the most pro-love in such a beautiful way. And kind of that's true. I've they've seen been that too. here and then they want to open their hearts even more, which yeah. is so beautiful it, it's it's a daily uh thing it's yeah. a daily affirmation for me is to keep the heart the old yeah. heart open and to believe like i i don't really like the part of me that is curious uh about what we're to do to keep marriages from going stale or that is in disbelief that uh david's uh parents are still in love or whatever i'm, I'm like there's got to be something in that basement you know what i mean i think uh, it's luck yeah. a lot of it too. really it's just luck yeah well, then that, I guess that's that's troubling in its own way, I yeah. suppose. Because no one, I don't think, with their spirit is going into something kind of like hoping it doesn't go well. Or Yeah, that's absolutely right. And I, I also probably think there's probably a brain chemistry that is just predisposed to really click into the feeling of being married and just being like, this is what I was looking for. This is what yeah. I like. Yeah. And I guess we can like hope that we have that. Right. They hope that, that it feels correct yeah. when you're in it. I was going <laughs> Well, congratulations. Thank I, I sure hope I didn't come off as a curmudgeon. You didn't at all. I loved it. I do feel a little weird about asking you how to stop it from going south. You didn't at all. I just... It's just well, you did. I did. But I didn't answer you. Oh, no, I, I'm kidding. I, I don't feel weird at all. I think that's, that's I think what everyone's like wondering. Well, it's, it's like... You know what it is to me, uh, philosophically? Is that... Uh, <laughs> oh, boy. Deep Chopes coming Here back. Deep Chopes was talking about Buddha, and Buddha was talking about suffering, as Buddha loves to do. And uh, Buddha talks about the, the cause of all suffering, uh, you know, and I'm, uh, what's it called? Paraphrasing? So I'm paraphrasing here is, is that we're impermanent and we want everything to be permanent. It's very, very depressing mm -hmm. for us to long for permanence when we know that we're fleeting. And, uh, and he's like, when you yield to that idea that nothing is permanent, then, then you can kind of experience bliss apart from that. It's not just marriage. It's the World Series. It's, it's medals. It's trophies. It's Emmys. It's Oscars. It's photographs. It's everything. It's engagements. It's then it's engagements. the life that the ocean keeps, keeps coming in. The tide comes right back in. Yeah, sure. Just, yeah. Exactly. You can't hold on to anything. We're trying to make, we're trying to, we're yeah. trying to make everything mean something. Yeah holidays everything even today is it what's today wednesday we're just trying to nail something down that isn't actually there mm -hmm. and then this is when when i started kind of looking at uh marriage and monogamy and all that sort of stuff the the weird thing it does is, is it just make causes your brain to kind of shift 
And then you start looking at everything that way. And you're like, oh, there's so much suffering in people trying to own things that you can't own because you can't really own anything. Yeah. And I know I, I'm sounding insane. I, I, I own my apartment. I don't want people just coming in my apartment. So I benefit from the illusion that that space is it's mine. Yours. But it's not mine. Yeah. I, I talk about this on stage sometimes. And I, like, I know I sound like a Native American, just like, how can you own the sky or the sea? <laughs> Yeah. It's a regrettable voice. But what I'm saying is I I don't want to be an insane person that's just questioning everything. I want to be David's parents. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And I want to be you engaged and happy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then I, I don't want to be the crazy stand-up that's not even funny and just ranting about how we're nothing clinging to nothing. That's beautiful. Oh, thanks. Really There's is. something weird. When I when I heard that that uh, Buddha thing, I was like, oh, it's kind of like we're all on a slide. Like, we're all moving. Yeah. Like, we're constantly moving. And that's how I started dating my boyfriend, which was that I so wanted to be dating him that I was trying to, like, hold on too much as opposed to really almost letting it go and letting it... Right. And it's so counterintuitive to everything we want. We want right. to just hold on and dig in and... I don't know, just trying to like really let it go and not in the way that you're saying, I'm I'm going to let this go so that it comes back. Sure. <laughs> just like that true act of surrendering, which I have such a hard time with. But I think when you do surrender, that's when those things that you're intended for, like partners, like jobs, like moments, like a life, yeah. that's when it comes to you, I think, is, is there something too. powerful in that surrender? Yeah. And that's why even... Or if they don't, then accepting the idea that they're not meant to you which we don't want to accept that either. It's like, right. but I, I but I know I can make this, yeah. you know, happen for myself if I just try. But it's sure. like, I think there's a part of all of us that just wants to be like royalty and have a, a hall filled with all the statues and people and things yeah. that you've always wanted, and be like, yeah, I conquered. Like it sounds to me like you pursued your bow. Yeah. So you had your eye on him. I sure did. Sure did. <laughs> kind of catching a glimpse. Got a glimpse. A little bit of a glimpse. Yeah. And then uh, then what does it mean that you came on too strong? I don't even think I came on too strong, but we worked <laughs> together. So he was like, I don't want to do this if we're working together. And then <clears throat> he was pretty firm in that. And I think I I took that to, to mean, oh, maybe he doesn't like <clears throat> me, even though he was very clearly and honestly saying what it was. And, mm. and I just wanted it to happen now as opposed to... It, took about a year and took over, you know, when we weren't working together, you know, it just took, it had to take its time. Yeah. But that's all And, and he'd that's never been lesson. in a serious relationship. So he was like, ever, ever. He, he had a, like a year, but not really a serious one. So oh. he was kind of just like grappling with like, I have to surrender to this. And mm -hmm. so both people are dealing with their own things or whatever. You that's know. some good story though. That, yeah. That's some good carving out a space for a person is when you're being challenged and kind of turned upside down a bit. Yeah, I think. Yeah, that's exciting. It was. What, what about you? How's, how's your heart? Was it uh, broken a lot? Did you fall in love a lot? Broken, definitely in high school and then... Oh, you had a big one in high school? Big one in high school high that school. was like hard to get over. Really? Yeah. So you're, you're in Virginia. In Virginia, yeah. And, and June and I did this movie and we wrote a character named after this guy that I was just huh. so in love with. And then we had made a character in our movie. His <laughs> been broken up for seven years. And she's like, I think he's coming back. Oh, he's boy. still coming back. So I was kind of that one that was So like, this guy broke, sorry? Yeah, he broke my heart in high school and I was really... In what way? There's a bunch of ways. He just broke up with me and then started dating an older girl who was also on the field hockey team, which I've mentioned as part of my identity. And I was so heartbroken, so heartbroken, and had a really hard time moving on from it for 
a couple years. Really? Yeah, and then and then I dated people, and I think I really just put my guard up. I literally, between then and now, I don't think I've dated anyone. <laughs> and I've loved every single person I've dated and think I dated really wonderful people. I have a great dad. I've never had, like, dad issues. I've mm-hmm. always just sought out really nice guys, which is, I think, a testament to my dad. But, like, I never really let myself date anyone that I thought there would be the possibility of getting my heart broken, which I didn't really realize. Mm-hmm. So then... David, I guess who I'm dating now, I is the first person I was like, oh fuck, mm. I really like this person, and I it literally took how many ten, twelve, how, so many years to like, all right, I think I'm gonna wow. go there again. That's how self protective I think we are, like just holding on, like yeah, I don't sure. want to do this, well, especially at that age. That's yeah. a very high school age is very vulnerable. Yeah. It's it's a dangerous time to date and yeah. fall in love. I, I can't imagine. I mean, I still fall in love really easily, yeah. and I'm a grown fucking man, but if like 16, 15-year-old Pete was having sex, yeah. I'd be with that girl now on a farm. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I believe me, I would have been there if I could. Yeah, right? Yeah. It's too intense. Yeah. It's, too, it's too intense. It really is too intense. I think it took me that long, and that like getting my confidence back up, honestly, for that length of time, which I didn't realize I was doing. I was dating great people, and... <clears throat> But it took me that long to like, I was in therapy and just kind of getting myself together, I think, to say, to be able to stand with myself and say, I think this is who I want to, and not only want to be with, uh, I'm I'm willing to put myself out there to pursue, Mm. which, you know, it ended up working out, but I really didn't know. Mm. What, uh, (laughs) so you dated him when? Freshman year? My sophomore year. His senior year? Yeah. Yep. Good guess, Petey. So he was older. He was older, very cute, and just... Isn't that a little illegal? I don't think so. Well, probably, because I was also a year young for my grade. Yeah, we're looking at some jail time. Yeah, looking at some serious... <laughs> you know what? I'd like to go back and prosecute him for what he did to my heart. <laughs> and it was so You dated for how long? We dated for about a year. See, that's all it takes, I right? Know. One oh year? God. Yeah, one year and one like spiral-bound notebook that we like wrote notes back and forth to each other for you know a whole year that I still have, which is like the most insane... The ramblings of an insane person on yeah. my part. Oh. It was like, your hair follicles are like so... Shy. Like, it was just... So that and yeah, all, the whole. But that's thing. what we were talking about earlier. Yeah. When you're in love, everything makes sense, and of course you want to write about somebody's oh, yeah. hair follicles. Yeah, and then at that age, you're just so not expecting. I think your first love. This is everybody feels this way, but you are <clears> just put yourself out there a million percent because you don't even conceive of the fact that it could end. I don't think. No, which you're is like, crazy. Yeah, it's, but all it's the kind older of, you're like, people I'm are in this. You. Yeah, yeah like, and you're you just thinking? like I'm in this a million percent. I have. I'm positive this isn't going to go wrong. Yeah. And like, yep, I met my soulmate and we're spending life together. Well, you can't see the end of anything, which is why math class drags on so long. <laughs> like there's so no true. sense you're no trapped sense of in time. everything. Yeah. So you're just like, this is, this is real. Yeah. And what everybody else has isn't real. And I would wager that the love that you probably felt in that time was some clean burning cocaine. <laughs> and you're absolutely right. Right? Yeah. I bet it's, I, I, I'm not saying that we need to think of it this way. I'm just saying like the first love the first cut is you know oh, oh god boy. oh jesus oh, god. let's just do a group suicide <laughs> are you guys upset i'm just gonna check my watch real quick because no, i have well i don't know if it airs today but i have to go to a rosh hashanah dinner and it's not rosh hashanah <laughs> is it rosh hashanah well, it sundown, sundown. Hmm. are you oh david is oh perfect he's running late yeah he's running late for a holy holiday for a, a, holy a high ho- holiday a high holiday a high holiday how many 
stoner Jews make that joke. <laughs> hey, it's a high holiday. Devin! <laughs> He's gorging on horseradish. That's a Pesach joke. Uh, I'm sorry I had to do that. I'm, no, that's I'm fine. Good. And we're at 90, which is perfect. Not that we're done. I got time. We're not done. Good. I, would n- I, ha- I really resent the idea that... A thing like this should be bound to a certain amount of time. But when, when we've hit 90, I feel like that's good time to bring up what I was going to bring up anyway, because here we are talking about the chosen people. Whatever could this be? Well, we, end up, we talk about religion a lot. Oh. It says on your Wikipedia page that you grew up Baptist? Yeah. Okay. And you said earlier that you like, relig- uh, you like ritual. Mm-hmm. And it, you also mentioned liking astrology. Yeah. And we also like... <laughs> Black magic. <laughs> yeah, we love, we love the dark arts. <laughs> yeah. And here you are uh, marrying uh, a, a Jewish man. Yeah. Uh, who's celebrating high holidays, which could mean anything, which yeah. mean, could mean he's not religious at all or very religious. Either way, you're going to be celebrating Rosh Hashanah. Yeah. Um, is that the repenting one? No. No, that's... Um, Yom Kippur. That's the big one. You got to do Yom Kippur. Got to do it. Rosh Hashanah is... In the new year. The new year. It's going to happen with or without you. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, where are we with the Lord? Do you love the Lord? I'm not so into, you know, Jesus and God as I am spiritual. And I was Baptist, but I wasn't Southern Baptist, which is fundamentalist and... Mm. Which I think is an important exception. Although a lot of my family in the South was. But our family, we had a female minister and... Uh, gay big. couples were allowed in the church, and uh, in Northern Virginia, is only during really stonings. liberal. <laughs> That's right. You're allowed in. You're allowed in. You're not allowed out. <laughs> uh, but it was a really liberal church, and yeah. we went every week, and it was a really great community of all classes. Which I feel like when you get yeah. to LA, it gets like. And I went to this high school that was like you don't see the mixing of the classes. Yeah, you don't see that, and I love that about our church. It was like the the city councilman, and then literally. A guy that owned the car parts store and mm. a guy that drove a Coke truck. And it was really kind of cool in that way. Mm. And I feel like I don't, I don't know. There's not as much like intermingling of classes, I feel like, as you grow up. And it's a little, so I really love that about it. I love that it was just like, this is a level playing field and we're all kind of in this little community. Mm-hmm. Now, however, my boyfriend's Jewish. And so I am going to convert. You are. Yeah. I am. I haven't started taking my classes or anything, so don't quiz me. <laughs> <laughs> well, we just failed what yeah. Rosh Hashanah is. We, yeah, I've already failed, failed pretty failed. pretty miserably. Yeah. Oh, um, so you're going to convert. I am. So that's important, I'm going to guess, to his family? It is. It's important to him and his family. Although it's important he's to not, him. You know, super, super religious, but I think it is important to him, and that's how you're, you know the kids are raised. And Right. I'm up for anything always, so I'm going to give it. And I know he said, you know, you're going to become just so much more into this than me. He's like, I can already see how annoying you're going to be. Really into it. And my mom's best friend had this great quote when we were at uh, her uh, bat mitzvah of her kid. And the dad got up and this was a Jewish dad and he had married a Christian woman, my mom's friend. And he said, I just really want to thank my wife for driving the kids to all these classes. And just she really made this happen today. And then she just raised her glass and she said, it seemed like the Christian thing to do. Uh, and I thought it was like, <laughs> that's how I feel. It's, like, it's, it's the Christian thing to do. Yeah, sure. Well, I, I, I'm a big fan of uh, Judaism. I think it's yes. beautiful. And, 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 the, and the tie to the people, to your culture and your history is something that I really do envy. And I think that our white breadness. What are you? Lost. Are you religious? 
Uh, it's a long answer. Okay. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a Christ, the myth that I enjoy. We are at 90 minutes. Is, no, is, I know, is, uh, is Christ. I'm a, I'm a Christ fan. Great. Um, but I do um, look at it very differently. I look at it more in the deep chope sort of yeah. way than the... Uh, more spiritual over the religion. I, I believe that Christ is, is speaking of a spiritual awakening and, mm-hmm. and, a, and an enlightenment uh, sort of thing and, and, a, and a spiritual death and resurrection and all that sort of stuff. I, I feel like everything he said... Uh, read with a certain lens, uh, with a certain sort of awakened lens, is very, very similar to what uh, the Buddha was saying and all these sort of people. So I'm still into it. I'm not hung up on whether or not it uh, literally happened, which I used to be. I used to be like, this happened. This was real. I went to Israel and stuff and was like, this is where this happened. And this is why this happened. And this is exactly how it happened, even though we all know Did you go to church growing up? Uh Mm -hmm. Uh-huh. Where did you... Uh, what church? <laughs> Where is it located? I'd I, like to go there. I went to Grace Chapel in Lexington, Massachusetts, which is a pretty big church. It wasn't that big. Is it like I Episcopalian? Started. It's non-denom, which oh. means mostly evangelical. Oh, it's not. It's not super evangelical, but it's pretty. It's not. I high. would think non-denominational <clears throat> is more like just a melting melting pot of all. No, it's just code. It's just code for. Like, it, it feels pretty evangelical to me. Right. Okay. I think they would say that they're evangelical right. leaning, and I still enjoy. Do your the, parents still the go pastor there? there? Yeah, they go. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, they're they're into. I think my father enjoys the music, and my mother uh, likes everything. Yeah. But I uh, I don't go anymore. I don't like it. I mean, when you think about it, what else are we all gathering? When else? Yeah. Yeah. When else are we all gathering once a week in <clears throat> kind of community? I mean, well, that's really... the thing you lose. Yeah. You lose that sort of thing. That's why, you know, with TM, you know, they, they do have group meditations yeah. and that sort of stuff. Even like, uh, you know, if you go to like AA or Al-Anon or any of those meetings, anytime where like a bunch of warm bodies are together and there's coffee, that, that's like a good time. Yeah. It's a good group. Even like an improv class, anything that's regular where you're just communing with people. I yeah. kind of feel like I go to church several times a week. It's just with one person and Katie. Every, you know, like this. Sorry to be so silly, but like no, this no, is no. very churchy for yeah. me. It keeps me connected. In fact, we, we haven't been able to do it as much, and I really feel like a lot of yearning and loss. Mm-hmm. So when people talk about they wish the show was still twice a week, this is to the listeners, so do I. I wish I had time to do it uh, more because I miss it as well. Mm. I miss doing it as much. But anyway, so so uh, here are the, my standard uh, questions. You're, you're not really necessarily bound to the narrative of, of the Bible that you were taught. No. Um, so we, we're not really fearing being judged then. I'm not, no. <laughs> I mean, I have fear of being judged on earth, on earth by other humans. <laughs> yeah, okay. But you're, when, do you think when we die, <clears throat> excuse me, dead over? No, I actually think, I think there's, I think we're reborn in some way. I really do. I think. Reincarnated? Yeah, in some way. A little, I do. Some sort of consciousness recycling? I mean, I don't know. Yeah, because I do feel, and maybe this is a convenient answer to to death and grief, but I do feel my mom around me, and I do feel uh, <coughs> energy of those who have passed. No, no that, don't, don't, so, don't feel judged. Yeah, so I, I would have to say, I think, I think there's some other life in whatever form. Yeah. Did your mom feel? And that I hope w- I'm engaged in way? it as did well. Did she teach you that sort of thing? Sorry, sorry. What? I did I'm a sorry. really dumb joke. Oh no! What did you say? Did <laughs> I my mom... hope I'm engaged in it as well. Yeah. In whatever dimension. <laughs> that I is in. good. Couple um, of margaritas, table for one. It's a birthday brunch. <laughs> so, make them skinny margaritas. <laughs> ah, of course. Um, my mom. My mom was very much more religious than I was, and really, you know, regular. Yes, yes, and grew up in the South in Alabama and was regular. Yeah, very I love regular. That you accepted that. Yeah. Okay, so she was into it, but mm-hmm. she wasn't uh, a believer or parish. 
What do you mean? Like she wasn't like Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and without him you die. No, not certainly not. She was not fundamentalist on any level. Or I think she was just she was more attached to to the community and ritual of it. But she definitely read the Bible and was spiritual. Interesting. Yeah. Okay, but you didn't inherit any of that guilt or shame. Like no. specifically, usually where it shows up, I, I uh, were you stripping your your boyfriend in high school? I was. I have to imagine with yeah. that intensity. Yeah, so like you, with that kind of love. Yeah, that, well, no, I'm not kidding. Yeah, right. It yeah. only happens with 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 that. I would mm-hmm. have to imagine, or you know, some really aggressive dry humping. Right. Like, <laughs> right. That. So if you're being sexual and you're feeling okay about that, that means that you were raised in a slightly different way than I was. Well, by my church, not my parents. My church. This about. isn't church, but my mom was a huge feminist and was a feminist leader, and and so I think a lot of my kind of sense of self was she. I think definitely provided a nice spiritual base, but more was very empowered. So I felt, why not be even more empowered? Yeah, sure. Yeah, no. I'm, so I, that I think kind of that aspect of things I think was from my parents both being huge feminists. My dad too. Right. This is what I've been reading about uh, lately in uh, Sex at Dawn, really good book. Uh, they were talking about uh, the cultural, like the, I've been noticing a lot, is the cultural fallacy that women don't enjoy sex. Mm-hmm. That, that used to be really, really pervasive. Yeah. But you talk about feminism and then your sexuality being an expression of that feminism, which I agree. I've been kind of grappling with that a little bit in my own life where I'm just like, I think, I think I'm done. Look, I'm, not, I'm not callous. I'm not a, a womanizer. I don't use people, any, anything like that. But I'm done accepting the subtle assumption that when somebody, if I, if, if I make love to a woman, that she didn't get anything out of the deal. You know what I mean? Like I, I and just did you I, feel I'm, that you took that on as well, and you feel. That? I think I was raised a little bit with oh, that. So you would feel I think guilt. that exists culturally. I think uh, we are raised men to be like, oh, we just robbed a bank somehow. Like, we just got what we wanted. Wow. We got off inside. Someone let us fuck them. Right. And I'm like, I want to print that notion a million times in books and then set that mountain of books on fire. I just can't stand it anymore. It's also just... It just doesn't make any sense. It's not fair to women, but as I'm hearing it now, really not fair to men too, who are it's, good it guys. It makes us and, feel like yeah. gross motherfuckers yeah. that like that did something without the chloroform. And I'm not trying to make like a coy rape joke, but you're just kind of like, like I I remember my father saying something to me that was something like, when you get married, sex is better because you don't feel uh, as guilty about it or something. Like you have to barter with them. It's like right. I'll give you security and a home. And and this book, uh, Sex of Dawn, which is really wonderful. I'm, I've brought it up many times on the show, and I'm finally reading it. Is saying that that's kind of like a misrepresentation of like this Victorian Darwin sort of bad sex outlook that he kind of infused his his theories with. That that women want security and and protection, and they'll trade sex even though they're not really interested in it they don't want it and it's like that's just not true but people used to be killed for stuff like that there was a guy that said that like women enjoyed sex more than men and he was like i don't know if he was killed but he was certainly exiled he was certainly he was he was let in (laughs) but not let out that's right (laughs) yeah that's That's exactly right so anyway i it was interesting to me to hear you tie feminism to sexuality which i'm sure always has been done but i think it has given me i used to and I slept with, slept with a lot of people and I've never, ever felt, maybe I should, but I, I've really never felt bad about myself in that way. You were generous. I was with your very sexuality. generous. <laughs> 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 very generous. But what's wrong? You can use that language. Yeah, but I like I, yeah, that language. exactly. Yeah, I never felt, you know, bad about that. I think that's a wonderful thing. And even to be able to say that, I think it is mm-hmm. wonderful. Like, I really do applaud that. It took me a long time 
on this show, well, when the show had started, I had, I had only been with a couple people, and like it's been a it's been a wild had a journey, journey, yeah. <laughs> and people get to listen to it, <laughs> <laughs> which is bizarre. But okay, so we're not worried about uh, Hellfire, and we're asexual, and we're not feeling guilt. This is sounding like a wonderful, uh, and we're open. I, I enjoy the openness and the, and the astrology and the and yeah. the. Uh, do you feel a, <laughs> a connection to the things you were raised with, or is it just kind of freeform? I do feel a connection. I mean, I, I I really actually like a lot of like old Baptist hymns and spirituals. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I really like, and they remind me of my grandfather, who's from the South. I like them, you know, when sung like by Johnny Cash or Dolly Parton. I feel yeah, really too. just I love that music, and me too. and I really and I also there is that connection to me with religion to, from a lot of my family's from the South, which I often feel a lot of shame about. I just think I feel <laughs> uncomfortable telling people that <laughs> and from the deep South well, too. And, but I also have a, Alex- I'm from Virginia, but my mom's family is all from <coughs> uh, parts of Alabama and Florida oh, Okay, and Northern Florida and <laughs> Northern end, yes, Northern Florida. <laughs> and so I, the South is, is like, I just, for some reason, well, I know why, but I just kind of, I don't know. I assume people are going to think some, you know, when you oh, hear sure. Baptist in the South, it's just like, whoa. It's one of the few remaining acceptable stereotypes. It's like, oh, you're from the South. You're probably a backwater hick. And you believe this, this, and this. Yeah. And you're probably an idiot. And you're probably closed-minded. And you probably have a gun. And you probably hate me. And a lot of those people are. So that, 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 But that is the <laughs> truth. Like, it's, it's both, you know. But I also think the South, to me, is also has a lot of beauty and sure. is really... Yeah, there's a spirituality as well. There. I was just saying today, I, w- I was like, one of the things that the show has done is that there there are people from the deep south that that listen to the show, and it's nice to be able to correspond with them. And 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 it's not that uh, I really believe that these people are like backwater or whatever I just said, but it's nice to see that people are kind of people everywhere. Oh it's, yeah, but it, it it sure is fear minimizing to uh, make them out to be a certain thing. Yeah, and then when they are that thing, you're like, see, I can't control the world. <laughs> see, I know what everyone is. Yeah, yeah exactly. When really Deep Chop says, we're those backwater people. Mm. 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 <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a great God uh, thing. Here's my speed round. How long did you suck your thumb? You can thank June for that one. <laughs> June Sheer. <laughs> June Diane Rayfield Sheer. Too long, Pete. Too long. <laughs> Too long. <laughs> were you still dating the love of your high school life? Were yeah. You, you were? I sucked it for too long. I'll, no. I'll, I'll leave it there. You were having sex while you were still sucking your thumb? I hate June for doing this to me. <laughs> Let's just say I stopped a while ago, but in my most recent dental appointment, yes. I thought to ask... Do my teeth look bucked from, and I couldn't bring myself to say because I suck my thumb until I did stop before I went to college, but I couldn't bring myself to say how long. So it was kind of an odd question. Like, do you think all of a sudden I'm just wondering if my teeth are bucked from like years of thumb sucking? So I was like, just do they seem anything weird? And she was like, I don't think. What do you talk? What do you mean? I was like, like if I did suck my thumb, if I was just making her piece it together, it's like she a was grown like, woman. She's really generous with her sexuality. Uh, <laughs> you're so embarrassed you have generous. to make it sound that way. <laughs> uh, well, obviously you don't have that. I know what you're talking about. You can get that, and you're not the only thumb sucker on the show. We've had other thumb suckers on the oh. show. I believe wasn't Sarah Schaefer. Sarah Schaefer, Schaefer, I believe, big big thumb sucker. Also right. got out of the woods. Without... I call her my sister. Yeah, you may. Yeah, <laughs> she's exactly. my brethren. Way... I know you guys are out there. Yeah, and. To to you, I say I call you friend. Stay strong. And, you know, is it the worst thing? It's not really the worst thing. 
it's not great. <laughs> it's not. It's like great. being divorced or liking pornography. You just have to own it and be like, hey, yeah, I suck my thumb sometimes. Do you ever wake up and you've been doing it? No, I'm not. I'm not in a current state with it. How do you quit? <sighs> Shame and just like, come on, like you'd be like, I'd be like, this is ridiculous. A lot of just self dialogue. Like, what are you doing? Come Did on. You, how were we doing it? If you're like 17 years old, or just at night, oh, okay. just at night, not just in alone. Class. God no. I don't know. You hide it behind God, a book. I have some or something. dignity, guys. I suck my thumb. Up until college, but I did it in the right way. Yeah, you, you had your special time. <laughs> yeah, like an evening cocktail. Yeah, like when you go to the bathroom. No, I <laughs> an evening cocktail. I wind and dine my thumb. Yeah, of course. We had a really, of course. And she was very generous. A generous lover. <laughs> <laughs> Always ready. Always ready. Always ready. And she felt like I was enjoying it, which yeah. you know she made her feel better. Yeah, that's right. And she could have been stoned for that back in the day. <laughs> Uh, was that an anxiety thing or I don't know. no? I just I don't even think it's. I don't even know how deep it was. As much as it was just like a comfort thing. I mean, I've been in therapy, and my uh, boyfriend was like, "You think the thumb sucking thing is that come up?" He's like, "Is that all you talk about?" I'm like, "No, we, we it really hasn't come up that much." He's like, "I think you should tell your therapist, Doctor Myers. There's a little chicken left on that bone." Uh, like, let's, let's, <laughs> let's delve into that one. It's <laughs> uh, perfect. But it just never seems the right time, you know? No. When just, to bring up thumb sucking. It's a, yeah. it's a difficult thing. Yeah. Uh, engagement story, acting, and Heidi Rose Robbins-Jones. That's all we need. So the, uh, we usually end the show by asking the hardest time you've ever laughed. If you don't have an answer to that, we can do a different one. But that's my favorite one. Oh, what a great question. Mm. What a great question. I, I will open it up in this way. Yeah. It doesn't have to make sense. People often are like, this isn't going to make sense, and then everyone loves it. It can also be from your childhood, you know what I mean? And it can also just be very silly. It, like Adam Pally told... Uh, Adam Pally, I think, had one of the best He ones. told a story about me get, getting off SNL. No! <laughs> no, no, that's... <laughs> I think... What did... Some... His was a very classic. Like, he thought it would be really funny in science class to turn the water on uh-huh. in the sinks. <laughs> <laughs> so it started to overflow, and then like this nerd, like just like a classic, <laughs> classic nerd kid came running into the classroom and slipped in the water, <laughs> and, and I think he yelled something like, "My ankles!" <laughs> a lot of them. Whit- Whitney's was surprisingly. Uh, what was hers? Wait, June's. June's was really. Uh, was really great, but was also kind of like on the on the fence of like, are we allowed to laugh at this? So you can even say like, June June had something about her mother was uh, in the hospital and someone came in to give her her last rites, but was on crutches <laughs> and like had like like basically like a Charlie Chaplin esque like entrance into the room, slipping around, couldn't get in their seat. Oh, we, we we had a good laugh about oh, that. You know one. what? <laughs> it's so funny. My one of my hardest laughs was also surrounding June's mom's passing. Oh my goodness! Which it was one of the hardest laughs I've ever had, and I think you're primed for a really hard laugh when sure, something horrible happens. Of course. So <clears throat> after June's mom passed, the next night I went over there, and family and pe- had been descending, and friends, <clears throat> and everybody had left, and it was just myself. June and her sisters, her two sisters and her father, and we're in the living room. And her sisters are lying down on the ground. Everybody's just, like, destroyed, but kind of talking and laughing. And not laughing, but, you know, it was like... And I went into the fridge, and (laughs) I saw a photo on the fridge of a boy from the Sudan named Navi 
that was like Navi a sponsor. The tribe uh, from Avatar? It was a little boy, <coughs> and he was a sponsor child of June's mom's. And so I just took it off the thing, and I walked in, and I said, has someone told Navi the news? Oh! And we laughing so hard and it wasn't even what i said it was that everybody was like someone's got it mommy's gone mommy's yeah. gone Navi. like we're just gonna wire him we're gonna telegram and then we were just dying laughing thinking of this this boy's experience of like that he was their brother too and she'd been faithfully giving him money every month and just for some reason it just killed us that like <laughs> someone's gonna have to get the message to their brother right. <laughs> that they've never met in his little sweet face of just like he's got some bad news coming <laughs> like we've all had time to digest it and I guess we just were at the time it was like such a release of just yeah. like laughter and on a laugh that's what I say yeah, that's a, that's a, a wonderful thing to have two people's hardest laugh uh, yeah it was a death. hard laugh like tears streaming down our face wow. just like we need to tell her, you know her mom Diane's other son I love her that. son love <laughs> her that. son deserves to know have you had like stage laughter too I have to imagine in all the work you've done that it's, have you ever had a hard time keeping it together. I have. I, yeah, I'm never the one that's like always, I just for some reason I'm like, I don't know. Things of Damon Wayans Jr. has cracked me up to no end. Everything he does is just amazingly <laughs> funny, but I haven't, I've been, I always kind of like, I'm like, oh, I've done the lines. Like I, I didn't ever for whatever reason, like go there for like breaking and stuff like that, <laughs> which sounds like I'm just like this curmudgeon, like no, that no, I don't no, break. No, but. no, no, it's wonderful. Well, has someone told Navi the news? Has anyone told Navi about Somebody, mommy? Uh, Mommy's gone. <laughs> oh God. And you know what? I don't know if anyone has told Navi. No, he's pieced it together. Maybe he's listening. He's like either she's Maybe a bitch listening. or she's dead. Yeah. You guys, I'm so sorry. I'm going to have to run. No, that's okay. We did the full two. Oh some God, people go two and a half, but some people go three. I'm sorry, guys. It's the new year. It, you know? it is. Shalom. Sean. Would you uh, thank you so much for thank doing you it. guys You're truly so much. a delight. This is a delight. You are a delight. Um, we will plug your movie when we promote it, thank and we'll you. put it out when when is applicable. And would you please tell David I said hello? And would you please say keep it crispy? That's how we end it. Keep it crispy. We don't have, we don't have time to explain it. Now leaving Nerdist.com.